My levels are fine. Do you need to be jacked? No, I'm good. I hear everything good. I'm good. Everything's good. <laughs> Don't say Jacked, that. Kevin? No, I'm good. Thanks. Me? No, I'm good. Yep. No jack for me. Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. It is September 8th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode 17 of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Greetings. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bat Phantom. I just want everybody to take a moment to understand that the year, it is currently the year of our Lord, 2023, 2023. It seems weird. It's 20, it's, it's the future. I mean, I I want everybody to just take a moment and appreciate we're, that we're, we're living in, in the, 2023. We're in the years now. We're starting it with the old man cast, but we're in the years now that like when we were not even kids, just like, you know, young adults. Sci-fi authors would write and set their things in this year. Yep, right. Like, <laughs> before that's the as soon as we passed Blade Runner, yeah. 2019, 2019. That was it. Yep. We were, that's it. We're we're, did, we're past Blade Runner. When and did Logan's run take place? Oh, I'm not sure. Ooh, let me look that oh, up. Oh no, fact checking lies. Um, because I know we're past the year we made contact. Yeah. Um, 2010. 2274. So okay. we're nowhere near. So we're, we got a little ways to go right. before carousel becomes a problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're, we're, we're firmly in the, what was the comfortably far away future for science fiction. And it's like, it, it's one of those, like, it's amazing how much hasn't happened, but also how much William Gibson oh, particularly got right. He, he, <laughs> but, but he also is like, why is, people who read his stuff now say, why doesn't anyone have a cell phone? Yeah, like, yeah. why are people dealing with pay phones? He's like, I did not see nobody, cell phones. Nobody, nobody foresaw cell phones. The only thing that really even came close was the communicator in yeah. Star Trek, the original one, the, like, the flip out yeah. Star Trek like one, but it was just like a walkie talkie, a yeah. fancier walkie talkie. I still think that Star Trek influenced Star Trek in the development oh, of I'm, the I'm flip certain. phone. I'm pretty sure that was. But yes, Cell phones completely yep. not on the card. But one, the one who did, we talked about this thing last time was the, before the podcast was the one thing that got the most right out of anybody was Max freaking Headroom. Yes. Yep. Max Headroom, if you ever watched the pilot of Max Headroom, go watch it because it is amazingly accurate. It's, and it's set 20 minutes in the future. So. I mean, yeah. It's, that's, even the beginning line was brilliant. That's, 20 minutes into the future. Um, what even does that mean? It, it's like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I think they ripped on uh, Max Headroom when they said, uh, in the not-too-distant future, yeah. next Sunday AD. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it's uh, it's all it's welcome, all terrible. Welcome to, welcome to the future. It's awful. Yeah. It is. It's horrible. Um, uh, but you know what's not horrible? What we have a we have a, an announcement. We <gasps> did we did make this call just before the podcast. We made sure we nailed it down. Oh, so, that's right. Uh, the next podcast. Do you want me to will, hit the drum roll? I sure. The next podcast will be live streamed. Why? Ooh. Uh, well, it's going to be the day after my birthday, so it'll be my birthday weekend, and uh, also it'll be the end of our top five list. Yes. 
my number one. So it's basically we're celebrating me. <laughs> is what it comes down to. So we're going to live stream it. And um, we have yet to determine exactly what time. Uh, it will be on the Friday, uh, the 22nd. I'm going to aim to have it start probably when we usually start the podcast, which is 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll we'll nail that down uh, more specifically once I kind of iron out a few technical bugs and and figure out how viable it actually is. And, we should know. each get a live hands puppet and then puppet <laughs> puppeteer the podcast. Sweet mother of God, I can't, I can't, and I'm not, I can't puppeteer and do this at the same time. There's no, there's no way. You well, can't be, you can't do this as Frankie. We'll do, we'll, we'll do VTubers. We'll all be VTubers. Oh my God, that's easy. We can do that. Uh, so yeah, that's a little more, more details coming on the socials. I don't, I doubt there's any. Anybody who only listens to the podcast and doesn't follow any of the Operation Buffett socials, or is in the Discord, or isn't in the Discord. So, so, and on so, I will announce it on every single possible social channel when we have an exact date and time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. the date will be for sure. It'll be Friday, September twenty second, probably around eight p.m. Uh, Eastern. So That's there we right. go, and it'll be on Twitch and YouTube as well. So. Exciting news! Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. I'm gonna have to like wear nice clothes. We we've in our past podcast incarnation, we had done a video version, yeah. but it was not live stream because we had heard that pivot to video was. You had to, everybody had to pivot, pivot to, to video. video, so we had to and do we video podcast. We were much prettier back then. I I, I think I'm prettier. You're now. prettier now. <laughs> I'm much fatter. I'm about the same. Jamie's Jamie's. Jamie uh, doesn't change. I'm, ever. I'm just maintaining. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> you, he's maturing. He's maturing. There's nowhere to go. Right? That's right. That's, hey, see, we don't only tear each When you down. start at the top, you, you, and all you got to do is fall. That's right. <laughs> I'm waiting for that sharp precipice. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, any uh, any other stuff? We got, uh, anybody doing anything interesting? It's all just the end of summer. Yeah, no, it's uh, starting to get fallish, uh, except for the this, gigantic heat wave we had, had for most wave. of this week. I think it's broken now. Oh, I, we're going to go see Dara O'Brien tomorrow night. Oh, nice! Which is, which is very exciting. You might say that's brilliant. It it, it could. Well, I hope it's to be brilliant. brilliant. Unfortunately, I'm not. We don't have the front row. I kind of wish that you know because when you're in the front row, you get. Oh yeah, crowd crazy. work. Uh, can you imagine what Dara O'Brien could do with? So, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, Dara, you want to? They, they got. I hope they pass cards out that you have to fill out ahead of time. That's right. Who here? So, who here is the puppet maker? Yeah. I want to talk to the puppet maker. <laughs> oh God, go on stage. Let's go now. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that'll, that'll, be that'll, that'll be fun. So I'll report back on that on the live stream mm. on the next podcast. Fantastic, good stuff. Okay, well I guess that's it. We can we can move on. We're we're motoring right along. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with the puppet pit. You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives. So I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the Puppet Pit. Welcome to the Puppet Pit, where we talk about the puppet side of Operation Puppet for the last two weeks. I guess if you landed on the rods in the Puppet Pit, that would really hurt. I mean, what do you think is in the puppet? Well, like fleece and, 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 and felt and, and all the soft things, but then you got rods sticking there's, out. There's plenty of not soft things. There's, yeah, there's lots true. of sharp things. Yeah. 
Uh, and at the bottom, it's all barge. It's all, yeah, barge. It's barge. Yeah. It's barge that is holding up razor blades. That's right. Oh, and and knives. Yeah. Oh, are you no. kidding? Once you get all it, through I all the foam, a, I got a whole sharps container in there, just full Damn. of. Yeah, See, I hadn't oh, even considered that. It's, oh, there's lots of danger. Let me tell you. Damn. Yep. Danger, honey. Danger, honey. Even show Scarlet. Scarlet. Hey, walk right into that one. So yeah, um, we're we're pretty much full Abbott and Costello right now. It's like we could just do this without even thinking, and I think we probably are. Uh, So yes, a first top of the list here. If you haven't seen it yet, and you probably have, however, finally there is a new episode of the Oracle. Huzzah! And it's the reason there has been so long. Well, because I just need to get an idea. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part of the Oracle is just writing them. It's just having the idea and writing them. Even though people submit questions and stuff, it's got to spark something in my brain. I got to have a good gag for it, right? Otherwise, you know, it was legitimately horrifying. And so, yeah, this was, and this one took so long just because like there are a lot. So this is the AI episode. And there are a lot of ways you can approach something like this. And all of the jokes are kind of obvious. And I I wanted to make sure that I did it in such a way that wasn't overly preachy, Mm -hmm. but definitely made our position clear. Oh, yeah. Also very Cronenberg-esque. Yeah, pretty Cronenberg-esque. So I think I I got it right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, it's – there's there's ways of going about it, but I think I hit the the right balance of like funny and getting the point across. And this is the other thing is like not sitting preachy, but also not using a lot of words. This is one of the tricky parts about writing the Oracle is that I try to like I'll start with a much more verbose script and I'll pare it down and I'll pare it down. And I'm trying to get to the kind of the meat of the joke. Right. And you and this is this is part of the difficult process of coming up with the writing is that I'm aiming to arrive at simplicity and yet you got to go through complexity to hit that simplicity. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's one of the things I like about it. Um, the, the humor is very simple, but hopefully there's layers underneath it. Right. So I the, think the problem is that you've opened the door to Oracle body horror. So now you've got to make a version of one of the characters with like a, a TV in its chest. Yeah. Go full Videodrome. Videodrome or Teletubbies. You no, know? Or either, either one way or the other. That's the, but it was, a, there's a puppet vector there. I mean, it was, it was perfect in a lot of ways in terms of the way it would interpret uh, the Oracle. Well, that's the funny thing. Of course, from a technical standpoint, one of the hard parts was, so like knowing how this AI stuff works and of course knowing that like 99% of the stuff out there is straight up a scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ain't putting a real email address into anything, but yet to, to use any of the tools you have to create some kind of account, all especially on the free tools. Yeah. yeah. They want your, they want to harvest email addresses. If something's so, free, you're the product. Exactly. So I, you know, I had to come up with a burner account then I had to find something that I could use and that I could generate the things that I needed. And, and literally like the prompts, I just, I just fed a still, I just did a screen cap of an old Oracle episode and fed that still into it and like, let it go. Only the just, OGs will know, but that was the original Oracle. Oh, that was yeah. the original Oracle. Absolutely. I mean, that, was, that was a smart move. At least you use the older version because, you know, they have it now. Well, you had to give it to them to get it into the system. Yeah, and also that that was the joke, right? Right. It's like the Gus didn't know what ver- Gus doesn't know anything. Yeah. Gus just knows this is a thing that we have. So you yeah. know, um, but yeah, it, it and all of that AI generated stuff was genuine, straight up, actual AI generated stuff. Does so, that mean the Oracle signed over his likeness rights to Gus? 
Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what Gus's contract actually says, and I don't think Gus does either. So Gus loves fine print. Gus, the, Gus has fed his his contract into an AI. Yes. So that's that's what it says. It says what every other contract says, mm-hmm. just put in a blender. That's right. Somebody that posted a video recently of uh, it was an EDM show uh, in Mexico, I think, and they had a giant video screen. So the video that was being submitted around was of of a of a robotic. Uh, figure trying to punch through the screen it was the scale of it was huge but it was it was an ai generated visual in that it was like a skull and it was constantly mutating and it just it was very ai and very over overdone and then somebody said yeah that's fake and they said here's the real clip and it was just a video of a robotic figure doing the same thing which was beautifully executed yeah like the original actual video was far more impressive than this bullshit yeah. fake pseudo horror interpretation of it so some idiot decided you... i'm gonna use my ai skills to make this even better and everybody went no this is better the original version that's the irony is that people who like do this uh, think of themselves as ai artists yeah. quote unquote and it's at uh, no that's Auteur. not that's yeah. not how it's, it works it's it's, a, it was it was Pitiful. I mean, because I think you know most people now recognize the f- the failures yeah. of the AI art and how like the randomness was the point at first, but then you started to see the randomness become normal. And this is kind of the trajectory when you think about like people who like a lot of people complain about you know quote unquote crappy CG yeah. these days, right? But. It's not that the CG is getting worse because it's not. The CG is getting better. It's just that we have developed an eye to to knowing what the hallmarks of CG are. Yeah. The audiences have been trained. Yeah. Just like when the original King Kong was released and everyone freaked out about how realistic it was. And we look at it now going, are you kidding? Or what that uh, train uh, film they showed in France yeah. that mm-hmm. had people uh, bailing out of the theater. Because people looked have like... never seen that before. Yeah. So people like you're going to really quickly get acclimatized to what an AI generated thing looks like yeah the um, fact that this idiot decided to take ownership of it and act like he that he, he oh, thought he was a smug, smug that's little what it is right that's exactly it's version. just i made it better no you didn't it's this it's the meme of you know somebody saying hey i made this handing it to the other guy and going i made this that, that's right. exactly what it is that that web comic is eternal it is um and then the best part is you know that in the last part of the episode I mean, spoilers, but everybody's seen it by now, where the, the, the fake Muppet comes out and it's like, welcome to the Mippet show. Yeah. That literally, the the prompt that I put in to generate that image was Jim Henson style Muppet puppet. Yeah. Period. And that's what it came up with. Jim Henson after LSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it is? It's a still from Dark Crystal. It's yes. it's from when the the podling is getting drained by the by the mm, crystal. Yep, I could I could identify the shot that that mm-hmm. came from, and then they just like fucked with it and made it fraggly or something. Yeah, yeah. but that like when it what is that? And you can identify the bits and pieces that have gone into making this thing. There's no artistry here. It's no. just theft. It's not, it even, really just it's not even really generative. It's additive. It yeah. takes something and then adds well, that's it, because randomness to Language it. models are all just basically a sophisticated form of predictive text. Mm-hmm. Right? My boss or was blown away pixel. by the like they're making South Park episodes in AI. It's incredible. Like have you watched any of it? Yeah, it's great. Have you watched it? Well no. 
But you know, yeah, yeah, but they're exactly. doing it. It's all it's generally live. Yeah, it's and it's unwatchable. It's garbage. Yeah, it's horrible. You know, it has no heart. It has nothing. It's just spouting words, and it looks like it, and it's pretending like it's the real thing. And, and it's that's not. because that's what language models are. They're not supposed to be the thing. They're supposed to sound right. or look like the thing. Right? And of course, it was all stolen. Like they they yeah, they yeah. they acknowledge that they have no permission to do this. They're just like, but look what we can do with the technology. It's like they expect Trey and Matt to go, guys, this is great. We don't have to work anymore. Here's $50 million for the technology. Thank you for freeing us from the yoke of creativity. Yeah, exactly. In in the early 2000s, people trained Bayesian spam filters to play chess. Like, just by submitting moves and then teaching it counter moves, they could actually submit a chess move. It would look in its repertoire of possible correct uh, counter moves and then play that. They would be able to pl- finger quotes play the exact same hand of chess mm-hmm. with the, the spam filter every time. And you can fuck a, a fucking AI with chess anyway by playing insane moves. Yeah, it doesn't know what to do if oh, you, yeah, you don't follow that the is, path. That is kind of the thing. You got to remember because of the way that language models work. Because it's all based on probability mm-hmm. and the most probable thing will happen, mm-hmm. that means inevitably the trend, the natural trend of all language model, quote unquote, AIs is towards mediocrity, exactly. right? It's to, it's towards the whatever Lowest the common most denominator. common thing is. Exactly. So anyway, the AI episode is out. I'm pretty proud of it. And uh, hopefully it won't be so long before the next episode of the Oracle. And you'll we'll see. never see it again. I hope I never have. I hope it's like crypto. We did one crypto video mm-hmm. and then crypto went away. Yeah. So, so hopefully this will be the thing that makes AI go away. I don't know. It's like washing your car to make it rain. It's, it's true. Uh, so other than that, um, last week I actually had some time off. So there wasn't a lot of builds. However, there was a build stream. And, oh, that's right. Uh, it was a kind of a neat experimental build stream because I'm playing around with some stuff since I had some extra time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing around with some stuff that I've been always wanting to try but never had the time to try. So we did some experiments with vertical mouth plates that were partially successful. Think Beaker. Yeah, exactly. Beaker is the good model for that. Um, so, I, you know, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also learned what not to do, which is part of learning. Uh, but that's all. I said this before, but I think that's it's good for me to do those kind of streams. A, because I don't want to position myself as some kind of authoritative figure because I'm learning just like everybody else is, even though, you know, I've got this established business. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I do know what I'm doing, but there's also lots I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the thing and like i've said before there's no finish line there's no point at which you go okay i'm done now i'm an expert there was a lot of uh gluing together checking it out cutting it (laughs) apart apart, gluing it it back together again (laughs) checking it out cutting it apart but that's the stuff i always do but i just don't do it on stream like i do it off camera and then i figure it out and then i make the things right this was just me figuring it out so it's uh the experiments in vertical mouth plates will continue but the super exciting thing uh, was today. Mm-hmm. So there were also there. So the Halloween builds have also started, and the two, the first two Halloween smalls are up on the shop. They were they were done in a, a hurry. ghost, a ghost, and a cyclops, or a small clops. They're the case uh, they're both real good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, and they both have three D printed parts in them. Mm-hmm. The eyes for both are three D printed. Um, so I'm getting a lot of use of the 3D printer. Speaking of which, today... During the vertical mouthpiece, you sh- I asked you if you had been printing anything, because usually you throw the uh, printer in <laughs> no, a picture-in-picture. No, that picture. was the, just this last build stream. That oh, was the sorry, I thought, yeah. I thought it was... This yes, was, the, was, this was the, the boring me doing a lot of hand-sewing thing, and, and so... And there wasn't anything printing, but you showed me yes. that you had printed something. So I... I, I 
I've always wanted to do some uh, 3D4 maquetting. So a maquette is like a, a, a model of something that you want to make. So it's mm-hmm. a concept art, but in 3D. Usually it's done as a sculpture. Um, and the way that you normally will do prototyping of patterns, um, and not just puppet building, but for anything like this, is you'll make the object basically how you want it to look, and you'll sculpt it in some form, usually clay, and then you'll lay uh, tape, um, uh, like painter's tape or masking tape, over it, and then you will kind of mark out where the individual pieces should be, where the darts should go, and you will then cut it apart, take that tape, and lay it flat so you end up with a flat pattern. So this is flat patterning. And that's how you then can take that, clean it up, scale it, make it in foam or whatever. You know what pieces to cut out, where they go. You number them and all that kind of stuff. Making a buck like that is also how you vacuum form yes. stuff if you want to make a thin so that's, that's plastic a good, version. That's a good word. I made a buck, yeah. basically. So yeah. <clears throat> one of the challenges, again, this is one of those things I always wanted to do but but never had the time to do. Um, I wanted to make an egghead shape mm. for, for a puppet head. Now, when you think about it, you see a lot of wide base narrow top puppets. Yes. Uh, but you don't see the other way around very often. You never see like an alien shape, right? Or like, you know, an egghead, like a wide top narrow bottom. It's very, very rare. On the Jim Henson storyteller show, there was the really creepy... Yeah. Internet-based guy who yeah, had yeah. that kind of head, who had the wires coming. He out of was his hair. also I can't remember what his name is, but he was also um, latex. He was also like sculpted. He was oh, he a, wasn't. A whole he wasn't different process. But yeah. but his head was in the shape yeah. that you're doing, and it gives me a lot of that. So, so and also the, so that wouldn't have been flat pattern. That would have been like no, cast. No, and, like, they, would, they would have they would have made a buck would have been, and then yeah, sculpted it and then made a mold and then, and then poured yeah. some medium in the mold. Yeah, um, but to flat pattern, so you need you need something to flat pattern against. And um, so to do an egghead shape, my very first thought was, well, I'll just do the opposite of – because I've got like, you know, cone head Mm -hmm. patterns. So this is just that upside down, right? Isn't it? Nope. Turns out, nope, not at all. That does not work at all because of how the mouth plate sits. So when you get the mouth in there, it it changes how how the foam lays and it completely warps and deforms the whole head. You can't do it like that. So you have to do it another way. What other way is there? Well, lots of darts. Because basically what it is is a, is half a sphere and then a cone. Yes. Right? So so in order to do a sphere, you got to do them darts. And you got to do a lot of darts. Eight is the usual number mm-hmm. um, for your average sphere. So what I ended up doing was going to the 3D printer and printing out uh, basically an egg sliced in half lengthwise. Like a teardrop shape. Like a teardrop shape. Um, because I'm since you're going to left right mirror it anyway, you don't need to print out yeah, the whole thing. It also would be a hell to so try to draw butt. on when exactly. you're uh, this way. This way, I've got a flat base so yep. I can 3D print it. So I printed it out as big as I dared, which was about like six six and a half inches mm-hmm. lengthwise. Um, because you're going to scale it anyway later. So this is just something to put the tape on and then draw your dart lines against. So what I didn't anticipate and it turned out to be really useful. Was because I used a relatively low polygon model, I already had the lines for where the darts should go on the actual buck itself. Yep. So all I had to do was lay the tape on it, decide where I wanted the darts, and, and then, then just, then just, trace, those just lines. trace the lines on the tape, and then cut it apart, lay it flat, and made it in foam, and it is 
perfect. It is exactly what I wanted. Wow. It's very good looking. I, I was astonished. This is the first time I've ever done that kind of maquetting. And um, because I normally it's done with clay and I, I've never I, – I might be a good sculptor. I have no idea because I've never tried. Um, I will at some point. But uh, this is a really, really great and useful way of like deciding I need a shape. I need to make it in foam. I need to make a flat pattern for that foam. Print out half of it and then pattern it like this because, boy, it was super easy. The other thing that this is good for is that a lot of times people will start with a wooden shape yeah. and then add clay to it to scale it up. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll they'll have like a skull and then they'll add clay to the skull to make it bigger. And yes. then, then they can do the patterning off of that. So you're not going to do really complex forms. I mean, you guess you could do really complex forms. I don't do really complex forms anyway. I just don't like them. Yeah. But, um, but you could like if, if at a later date you wanted to scale this up differently, you could yeah. add clay to this buck. Well, and the great part is the scaling part comes in. So what I ended up doing uh, was I took the, the tape pattern. And of course, what you end up getting from the tape pattern is kind of rough. Yeah. So I just scanned it, mm-hmm. took it into a vector program, traced vectors out, and now I can I have a really beautiful, clean, like mathematically perfect, infinitely scalable, and infinitely scalable. Yeah. Exactly. So I can make it at any scale that I want. You had done it in uh, Photoshop. That's still based on that's pixels, maps, right? and you uh, you scale it up, you end up getting jaggy. Yeah. Whereas if you do it based on vectors, the the, the SVG files or whatever, they're infinitely scalable. Yeah. Exactly. So so this is like. Really, really good, and opens up a whole bunch of possibilities. Of Changing the game—it's it's yeah. amazing the levels of prototyping you can do with a 3D printer. It's so much. So, what one of the things I want to use this egghead shape for mm-hmm. is more Halloween build. So, I'm going to do a an Osferatu vampire. Yes, yes, but different from Jamie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's going to use this egghead shape because that's perfect for an Osferatu. And also, I want to do sort of a skeleton base, may possibly a Grim Reaper. I haven't yes, decided yes, yes. yet. So again, perfect for that kind of thing. But for the skeleton one, I want to do 3D printed hands. So I've also been working on some puppet themed, but yet skeleton hands that are printed in 3D. So they have, you know, three fingers and a thumb rather yep. than four. It And the things I've got so far look pretty good. They have like a slot in where I can, where I can glue the arm rod in. And they're they're looking pretty good. So I'm, nice. this is this is what's coming up next week. So that's really exciting. I'm I mean, really looking forward to you it. You could also get fancy and um and it print little clips like this. So there's two there's there'd be two pla- the plastic pieces with circles in them and on the other piece there's a uh, little rounded spot that you click into them and you can have flexible fingers. Oh, there's lots of I've seen all kinds of prototypes for like articulated fingers they're really quite complex there, like, there are gearing systems that, well, this one this that. would just be the basically a little floppy thing but yeah. you could write a little channel to put wire armature wire in them there's a very simple way of actually um making like a, a mechanical hand yeah that because you're basically using two lines of elastic yeah and so you make an articulated finger that has that has the joints and yeah. it's just like one joint here one joint here and then you run an elastic from the top and an elastic from the bottom. And the elastic from the top is anchored. Yep. And then the elastic from the bottom is the thing that you pull. You, you pull and then right? it, it bends it down. But you could also just put like a little wire in there and you could have them posed. But oh, static. yeah. Yeah. I'm, I would be a little bit nervous about doing uh, an armature wire in these in that the reason that armature wire works 
pretty well inside foam is because there's like a cushion mm-hmm. that's there. This wouldn't have a cushion. No, you you put a channel in the uh, yeah. thing that you run it into and then have a cap maybe on the I end. Could, maybe I could run some like aquarium tubing up through it or something yeah. and that will provide enough. Because like obviously, you know, enough – you put enough fatigue on that wire, it's going to break. It, it will break, right? yeah. So I'm always a little bit nervous about doing stuff like that for the yep. shop. If I was doing it for me, yeah, absolutely. But for the shop, I'll probably just do But you could have a lot posed. of fun with uh, oh. with posable skeleton There's, hands. I've been thinking – I've been thinking about like actual like mech hands. Yeah. Nobody does that. And that would not be out of the question with a 3D printer. It's fantastic. So, we'll see. We'll see about how all that goes. But yeah, the next week's the Halloween builds will continue with the Nosferatu slash skeleton thing, whatever it's going to be. I'm still not even sure yet. Because they're, they're both going to need clothes. So that's what I got to think about. Um, but anyway, that's that's where we have been. For the past two weeks. So lots of interesting, fun, neat, good stuff. Fantastic. I love how uh, just you've you've run with the 3D printer in it's, terms of uh, adding. It's totally cha- – like, you know, once again, Andrew was right. It's I should have done this a long time ago. And- well, if you did it a long time ago, you might – the the level for entry might have been too high. Yeah. Or- your, your experience might have been so negative with the older it's hardware true. too. The, the output may not have been away. where you're looking at. I'm right also – like, I, I must say, it hasn't been completely smooth sailing. Like, I have had some issues. I've had some mm-hmm. bad adhesion issues. Mm-hmm. I've had, there's been a learning curve. So yeah. I think it, in general, this is the right time for me. Yeah, absolutely. Think things have improved – so yeah. it's a good time to get in because they, they used to be pretty janky and very slow. Yeah. Like if you think you're like the eyes taking a long time or bad now, it would have been like two oh, days. Yeah, yeah, even three years ago. So two days to fail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. So it's my new band, two days to fail. Two days to fail. Uh, as always, everybody join the Discord. The Discord link is in the show notes. And also, if you want to support Operation Buppet and everything we do, including the upcoming podcast live stream, we will be, of course, looking at the numbers and say, "Hey, you know what? If you like it, maybe we'll do more. I don't know. We'll see." Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy us a coffee if you go to ko-fi.com/slash Operation Puppet. And you can contribute to our hosting costs, uh, which are uh, not free. Yes. <laughs> so. If you'd like to use the QR code, it is white square, black square, black square, <laughs> Craig, black perfect, square. Perfect for white square, an audio podcast. Black square, black square. Don't, whatever you're doing, square, don't. White square. Andrew's looking at something on his phone. He's, I'm sure this leads to the crypto scam website or something. Anyway. Gus made him do it. Gus made him do it. Exactly. It's Gus Coyne. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with Gizmo Town. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. I didn't think there was going to be a deck nook, but apparently there's a deck nook. Yeah, you know. We, we, we were talking about it when it happened in the podcast planning channel. We talked um, about the leak last we? time. But, but uh, the, when, when they, uh, Lenovo actually kind oh, of firmed up pricing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they still haven't firmed up the, uh, the different models. But they, they, they say it's going to start at six. So Lenovo has uh, announced kind of officially their 
new handheld. Did we? It's called something. The right? Legion Go. Legion Go. And because that's really easy to search for, even on Lenovo's own friggin' site. <laughs> let me tell you right now. Um, and it's the ROG Ally. But yeah, that's, that's same ROG same, Ally, same yeah. chipset. It's the yeah. same screen resolution. No, it's no, not it's, the it's, higher it's, screen it's, resolution. It's the same screen size. It's got the same. Oh no, it's a bigger screen on the guts. Go. Um, so like the, the same, APU, yeah, we're doing this very bad. RAM, eight point eight inch screen. Okay, which is much larger than the uh, Ally. Yeah, uh, up to one hundred forty four hertz. Whatever the fuck that means. I guess it, it'll do 144 hertz. Probably, you, you probably have a choice of 120 or 140. I, mean, I hope that there's not a different The ROG model. Ally ran at, at its best at 720, but this one goes up to 1440 for some reason. Yeah, it's mm. weird. Like, uh, 2560 by 1600. Yeah. It's t- it, 16 by 10 display. It, I, I, I don't know why. I, yeah. The, the, so, the guts don't seem to support what they're, they're this throwing exactly into it. This is exactly it. The... the the higher refresh rate actually does make sense. We talked about that before. Yes. But the higher resolution does not mm. make any sense. I mean, if, if you're just using it for the main interface and then you're not going to game at that resolution, you game at a lower res. I mean, you have to game at a lower res. Maybe watch videos at the higher resolution. That that could be mm. acceptable. I mean, is anyone bringing their handheld uh, PC? I'm wary about doing the does anybody because yes is always the answer, right? Even the, even the fact that like, nobody here does. Some people use it as a like their Steam Deck as a desktop, but so they, yeah. I think they've updated this because it now says 512 gig PC, uh, PCIe Gen 4 up to one terabyte. Oh. Yeah, no, they, they, so, they've always so they, been saying it goes up to one. No, but I mean, I think they they originally had it listed at starting at 256. Oh, did they? So they have now um. if it, now they're saying. Five twelve at the at the entry point. It's, I, it's a, so. another another one where there it's a relatively big company that's throwing their weight behind this. Well, and this is this is my my stand. I mean, this this does show that the handheld PC is. They're now calling it. It's a handheld PC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's starting to become a thing. So I was trying to think who's next. Um, are we more likely to see HP do this, or is Dell going to Dell try under to do Alienware? Alienware. Oh, yeah. Dell under Dell Alienware, I think, yeah. is who would trust a Dell Alienware portable? <laughs> who would trust PC? a Lenovo? I mean, people well, trust, is at people least trusted a suit. Nerd, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> Lenovo have been uh, proven to be stuffing them full of, uh, if not spyware, mm. like dubious pack-in software. But they are. I will say on their on their ad uh, on their web, on their own website, the first thing that comes up: AMD Ryzen, Windows Eleven, Xbox Game Pass. They know the score. Yep. Mm-hmm. They know the score. But um, yeah, it's. I don't know. Like you say, it's it's a matter of who who else is going to do this, and it's inevitable. Like you say, the Dell is almost inevitably. I, I, have I think to have Alienware, like they they've yeah. got to be really starting to crack the whip oh, on yeah, uh, on yeah. a development for that. The problem is industrial design because Alienware has the worst cases yeah. known to man. Yeah, it's going to be hard for them to make and a, a reasonable. Like, they're not going to be able to make that. You know the stupid tricorn case that they've got for their yeah. their main yeah. one, where they've got everything canted at a weird angle. It's really hard to make a handheld like that. Yeah. They still haven't officially made uh, pricing or availability. It's supposed to to start at 699 USD. Yeah. And Um, I mean, people, they've had, people have had their hands on them. The hand, they, they had them at Gamescom and people were using them and they're quite pleased with it. mm -hmm. Everybody's also very, you know, this looks great. 
this seems like good hardware that they're letting us play with right now. Yeah, yeah. it seems like good technology, but I don't trust them. To I mean, deliver it the sounds end. like the SD cards on the bottom, not near where the heat <laughs> well, source you know, is. Mm. If only somebody so, had told them. And it's it's nice that everybody's starting to get on board with this, and it does mean that there's going to be the a lot deck more nook going. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what Steam does if if this pushes them to well, release the another like, hardware. Valve is probably sitting back just kind of watching all this going, yep, yeah, okay. There, there and then has the Steam been, Deck 2 is going to knock it out of the park. There has be been talk of new um, Valve SKUs showing up, mm-hmm. but people are thinking it's more the walk-around VR headset oh. because Valve has said that the Steam Deck APU would be perfect for a self-contained VR experience because the index needs a computer to run it. Yeah. yeah, it must be impossible to work in development and know and keep your shit quiet. <laughs> you, I mean, do you know how Valve kept the Steam Deck quiet? Instead of submitting an FCC application for the uh, Bluetooth wireless um, or the yeah, Bluetooth wireless and uh, Wi-Fi chip, they had uh, the wireless card provider recertify the card. Um, and that was enough that they could use it without having to publish the specs of the Steam Deck. That's yes, and that's, then, and that's what you got to do. You got to do stuff like that because there's always somebody picking around, looking in the source code, trying to find the the magic reference that's going to reveal the new hardware. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean we're we're in we're in it now. You know, oh, the, yeah. the go. I mean, once the go hits, and I still don't trust the detachable controllers. I feel like that's going to go wubble 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 very quickly, like <sighs> in terms of the stability the, of it. But the thing is really thick too. Like that it's screen a big is screen. weighty, and that's yeah. what all like the, the 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 heat, the big copper heat sinks, and everything are. The, I, and you've got two sliding connectors on the outside of that. They're definitely. They must have decided that a lot of people do play their switch by taking it off and putting it on the table and using the. the Nunchucks separately. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I don't play much at all. But have they said they're going to put motion controls in it? Yes, they have. And also, well, also that that controller that pops off when you rest it on a desk. It's a it's a FPS controller. Like it, move, you can move it like a mouse on the desk. Hmm. So it's a whole different control interface when you when you detach it from the unit. So it really seems like that's going to be a big element. Is you put it on the desk and just use it like that. It, it just seems so, like such a and that's another reason why it's so large. So, yeah, um, but it's, you know, it's it's an exciting alternative and it's definitely uh, calling a shot and, and people are stepping it's up. It's good that it exists. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, I, I don't want to make make it a separate listing, but uh, I, A.Y.N. I guess they're not I.N. It's A.Y.N. Uh, All you makers, need. Makers of the Odin. Uh, and the Loki. They just released uh, their. They've just started their campaign for the Loki 2S or 2S or I can't. I'm not. We're not going to get into the specifics of the model, but basically they're they're referring to their new model, uh, which is going to be very very close to the Steam Deck itself in terms of performance and for cost as well. And they're hoping to have that out for December, which is obviously not going to happen. Mm. But they're saying it'll be available for December. So obviously they've improved their lines. They've improved their, their methodology over Retro the years. GameCore just did a thing on their uh, Loki Lite, mm-hmm. which is a very scaled. Like, I think it's 250 US to get into a Windows 11 handheld. Yeah. Oh, wow. But it is not. It's using a, a fairly old AMD laptop chipset. Yeah, it, it so screams why. It's not performant if you were an indie gamer if you mostly did 2d to light 3d smaller games and even like light 
emulation up to like uh, pre GameCube, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Yeah. It runs really good. The second you throw even Hollow Knight at it, where it uses slight 3D in yeah, a yeah. a GPU intensive manner, it falls apart. It, it it drops down to like twenty some odd frames per second. Yeah. So the new the new piece of hardware was you know a retro game core again did a, did a video on the preview of it because he got his hands on the the dev unit or whatever they want to call it, a preview unit. And so, I mean, it's done. The hardware's there. And, and it's, It'll just it be another sounds, year before it seems really, really good. Um, but again, they got three different price points. It starts at, I want to say, 400 US. Um, it, it seemed like a very reasonable thing. And even I'm going, oh, man, what am I going to do with it? I can't justify this. And again, it's it's a Snapdragon processor, so it's still sure. using like cell, cell phone style stuff. I don't even know. Like the, 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 the Legion Go... Is is a very compelling concept. I I yeah. might pull the trigger on that since Kevin jumped on the bullet for the ally. Maybe I'll get the Legion, but they haven't even announced tr- real availability yet. So or, we'll or how it's going to be available. It's not yeah. like they've got retail partners like uh, ROG. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah. They they do a lot of stuff just through their own sites. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's there's a lot of opportunity out there, and again, it's it's a very interesting market. And I think a lot more people are going to be picking up these things. And I might as well jump into it. I mean, I, I put it in the show notes, but yeah. the Switch Two is also in development now. Um, they're they basically showing officially, it behind closed there doors. Are, yeah, yeah the, been, devs. I mean, they're showing the devs what it is, and they're yeah. saying they were showing it, and evidently, it can run the Matrix Awakens demo in real time with DLSS. That's the kicker, and that's kind of brilliant, and that's smart on their so part. So wait, does that that means they're using Nvidia then? Though they, they were partnered with Nvidia for this, okay. the, yeah, for the Teg- Tegra. Yeah, Tegra is on X1. the switch. Oh, so. Okay. I mean, they're probably using. Yeah, I don't I know. I forgot that Tegra was Nvidia. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Well, I mean, but, they don't even support it anymore. The only reason they're that, that anyone knows the Tegra anymore is because, uh, because Nintendo was using it. But yeah. it's kind of brilliant that they're focusing on a DLSS option, like sure. it's like mm-hmm. in that baked in, mm-hmm. because you know it's what? a great way to, to just force it in there. And, and DLSS is really good. Nobody's yeah. going to tell the difference. I mean, yeah. Digital Foundry will tell you there's a difference, but every other human being on the face of the planet won't be able to tell the so difference when they're a, playing it. I've got a 3090 in my gaming PC and like I, I absolutely need to turn DLSS on if I want to play it like you know 4K60 I can tell a very very slight difference but it's barely noticed. and when you're in the middle of gaming yeah. you don't notice it at all and yet the the frame rate difference is un and it just looks great for for yeah. some games on this uh, Steam Deck I use FSA so yeah. yeah so you know these options have improved I mean years ago when they started doing these things they were janky they were not great performance they were noticeably worse but they were early and now these things have matured and the new dlss and the new fsaa from from amd of a good use for machine learning yeah exactly one of the good places where you can use ai the fact that the switch 2 is going to use this hardware or it was some kind of i assume a hardware implementation of the dlss as well as you know it's obviously software as well but to present what is effectively PS5, series, uh, Xbox Series X level graphics on a Nintendo's hardware. Yeah. It's smart. It's yep. a very, very smart target for them to hit. So, Absolutely. yes, their new target is exactly where we are with everything else, but they're Nintendo. And they're also saying, oh, and also it'll run Tears of the Kingdom at 4K60. Yeah, the rules are different for Nintendo. That's, you know, that's- it'll run current. So I'm assuming, again, it'll be upwards compatible. 
you know, you'll still be able to run all your Switch stuff at least in, we'll on the new stuff. We'll see about that. I, I assume, yeah. Um, but it, anyway, it's it's we'll obviously have to happening. sign up for another level of Nintendo Online yeah. to play yeah. Switch, uh, Switch games. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect to see it, obviously, until next holiday season. But, you know, the, they're working on it, which yeah. is not a surprise. It's a thing that exists, which up yeah. until now it did not. Right. <laughs> so. I wonder wonder what kind of pittance of storage they're putting in it. Oh, I'll, it'll it'll ship with a solid 128 gigabytes. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so Andrew. Oh shoot! Yeah, wait. Oh, oh, oh us. I gotta go gotta, get it. We gotta fill. Yeah, gotta fill. So, um, how about them Blue Jays or something? There's um, certainly a baseball there's, there's team a thing, that plays in this city. There's a thing that exists in a place at a time. Oh, Andrew's bringing. Oh God! Over. It's a, oh, it's an unboxing. It's, well, I, no, we're I, doing a. We're it's doing not a, just it's fully set. I just had to. Bring, I just happened to bring the All box right. with it and just to make it. Pretty. What is that thing? What. It, that's the uh, Ambernick yeah. uh, RG I mean, 405M. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, the thing that was the, that little slip that of is, foam. That is, is a that? nice. That is a really nice uh, USB three no, micro that. SD. Oh, that's just the cover. Sorry. They, they, they print these or they cut these uh, probably on a cricket for uh, each one of these things. I see. It's lovely. So I'll let Jamie take a look. So it's really nice. I'm very very impressed with the. With so this, this is the Ambernick RG 405M running right. Android. Yeah. So it's Android 11. I think mm-hmm. um, I've I've upgraded it to the to the recommended new version. I can't remember the name of it. Did you show? Yeah, Retro Game Core uh, definitely suggested it. Uh, it's no. really nice. It's metal. This so interface. It, this is ex- almost exactly like the experience I have on mine. Yeah. So it's got a lovely screen on it. Um, I believe it's a three and a half or four inch. I'm not sure. It's a four inch. Yeah. So it's it's just big enough because it still keeps it the port. It keeps it nice and portable. Uh, no GameCube games. I didn't. I, I I didn't get them installed, but I got a lot of other stuff on there. Um, but yeah, it's. Oh, you need to scrape these, my friend. No, I know. I, I installed those at work. I, I got a bunch of stuff scraped uh, for the other consoles. But I'm gonna say right now, if if you're if you haven't done this before, it's not super user friendly. It's a very slow experience to to get it up and running. Android is. I wrote a blog post on this a thousand years ago. Android is a lot more intensive, like in a weekend's worth of work setting up, rather than in evenings for one of the uh, the Linux. Well, uh, distros for I, it. I followed the instructions very carefully that Retro Game Core lovingly put up, and it, everything went fine. Yes. I, did, like, I did have to connect it to my PC to get the, the again. This was for to get the IG show on it. The, yep. the the different front end. The one that comes with it is fine. Like most people wouldn't even blink at it. The IG show is a lot better. Um, but the, but it's it's a really nice piece of kit. It's got a strong enough processor to to comfortably run GameCube uh, and everything backwards. Obviously, your um, uh, your arcade set isn't correct no i know i gotta i still like i said i just got it like a week ago so i'm still working on a lot of the settings but anyway i just wanted you to get a general idea of the feel of it and the, and you know yeah, though the, it's so the model i brought last time was the the the, the mio mini which yeah. is the more gamecube layout for the vertical uh layout whereas this is a horizontal candy bar style if you will um more like the game cube advance game boy advance if 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 you had that or something to that effect, yeah. But, but I really like it. It's got a it's got a lovely screen and it is four by three, so it is designed to to display legacy stuff. Yes. So you know, and again, it, it will play PS two games. It's a nicer size than the one I have. Mine's just a little bit too short. Yeah. Um, I like this. It's so insane when you get your hands on these and and you you use it. 
and you say, oh man, this would be great if it had X or if it was just a little thicker or a little, this is the, this is the target that I've mentioned before. Like you feel like it's so close, you know, and, and this one feels great and I haven't gotten deep into it yet and I haven't really started gaming hard on it in the same way that I haven't gotten really heavily into the Steam Deck yet because it's, it's, it's remarkable how powerful they really are, like how much you can do with this and how much is available at your fingertips. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm in, and I love, I love the fact that it's a metal case on this one. It does make, it gives it more heft, but I like that. I like having, Mm -hmm. it makes it feel it's a more premium. Yeah, it, it does. It feels really good. So, um, first impressions are extremely positive. Um, and again, the interface is still, tricky you have to know button combinations to get out of games and stuff oh, like that yeah. and it does have a touch screen which is great i put the i put the screen protector on it today yeah. so um it comes with a screen protector i tried firing but, up ps2 but retroarch isn't happy about it oh it didn't like that no it's, it's just got a feel for that oh it does feel nice right yeah it's got a nice heft because um, a lot of them are very chintzy. it's got the offset thumbsticks which i like yes well. right yeah and they're also recessed a little which means yeah. it fits in bags better yeah the mm-hmm. d-pad yeah that's the other thing I, I'm, I'm probably going to get like a sleeve for it rather than a hard protective case. Um, the D-pad is excellent. It's good for doing shoryukens and whatnot. It's shoryukenable yeah. and hadoukenable. Yeah, it's extremely positive in that respect. But it, it just feels really, really good. And and again, this is iterative stuff. This is, you know, fourth generation by now for, for Ambernick for, for this kind of hardware. Yeah. When um, are you going to uh, crack it for Linux OSs? Well, they didn't mention anything about Linux for this one offhand. I so, think Black Seraph is doing a thing where you can actually run an unlocker for yeah, 405. I'm not surprised. I'm, I mean, I, again, I, we, we've been shouting out Retro Game Core a lot because He's doing the Lord's work with this he stuff. Is. It's just remarkable. It's ext- it's a great channel, uh, and if you're at all interested in any of this stuff, this is where we get most of our information. Is from mm-hmm. Retro Game Core, so you should definitely be watching his videos. He gets very, uh, very in depth with his reviews. He's very honest about the, you know, the, the shortcomings about and these he's things. Non hype. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It's all it's all based on his experience. He's not yeah. telling us this is bad. He's yeah. just saying I don't like this. He don't do the shock. Th- Guy thumbnail. So again, I I based on, and I said again, this I I purchased this because I had pre-ordered the the Retroid Two S instead as a pre-order, and then he compared the two and said that this was more expensive, but. Uh, but a better choice, and then went on sale, and then it went on sale. Right. So it was it was a no brainer yeah, at that part. Course, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just it's just more more fuel for the fire, and yet I'm still again looking at these these new handheld PCs, and I'm still There's contemplating getting into this. On, so so yeah. I I feel like it. You're gonna. I'm gonna put my hands on something, and I'm gonna go. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Like even the fact that the I like the size of the Steam Deck. It gets bigger than the than the Ally. Uh, and I, I I like having a bit of heft, but I haven't exactly sat down and tried to play a game for two hours with that. So well, I've played so much on the Steam Deck that it is very much my comfort zone now. Yeah, like, yeah I, it that's feels it. Feels so, I and mean, they they nailed yeah. the ergonomics of that thing so. Yeah. And much. as much as I love this, I mean the portability is the big part of this. Yeah. And whereas you know the Steam Deck is more focused, and and I've said before, I don't have a place where I feel comfortable playing it. Like if I had a big comfy chair. 
then it would be that's what I would do. But I don't have that so much. So, um, and this will be a nice portable thing to take on on trips yeah. as well. But I mean, I'll probably also take the Steam Deck. So that's you know, it's, I have any number of options. You're gonna be uh, Russ with his bandolier of retro. Uh, <laughs> this games. is it, man. I mean, it's just what do I want to play? And I, like I said, I've still got the Miu Mini. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm depending on how do you feel today? What do you feel like using? You know, and uh, I feel like the Miu Mini would be good for the plane because I feel like. It's my elbows when I'm sitting on a, in a in a plane seat. Oh, you know, I take up enough space as it is. So if I got my arms out playing a video game, I I definitely be cracking. I find it easier to, to bring me. my arm, elbows in when I've got a larger thing here. Exactly. It's, it's if I've got a smaller the spread of your arms, if I had a Miu Mini, my elbows would be more out. You're right. Exactly. So that's mm-hmm. that's a, it's, it's just little logistical things like that that you don't really think about but until you. Steam it's Deck in your has hands. been great on flights for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's a magical time. It we is. have. Uh, all this incredible technology nooks, at nooks our hands. Galore. Options. Yeah. Options are good. Yeah. All right. Are we good? Is that it for the Gizmo Town? That's all. That's it for the, that's all the, yeah. Got. I mean, you know, the Apple motoring right along. Apple's yeah. got their another thing coming up this week, I think. Yeah, so, it is. yeah, soon. But then I, I, the only reference I saw was that there's a good chance that they're going to have a more interesting Apple Watch than anything. So I've, I have, so I'm kind of due for a new phone. And uh, I had said that my next USB C, my next iPhone will be the one with USB C or it won't be an iPhone. Oh, it'll have to be. And uh, yeah, no, this one is going to have USB C. So this, I, I may, I might, I might. We'll see. On this. We'll just you know, gotta see pricing first, because like Margaret and I do do trickle down upgrades, right? Like she gets my old phone, so uh-huh. um, so we both go in on the new phone is what yeah. it comes down to. So it's not going to be that much. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I would have to switch because I'm still using a physical SIM mm-hmm. at the moment, so I would have to switch to an eSIM because all the new iPhones are all eSIM. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, uh, that's not a big deal, but nevertheless, it's a pain in the butt. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Mm. I'll probably do. it. I always end up getting the most expensive iPhone, not just because it's the most expensive iPhone, but because I do so much product photography on my phone, oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. that like I need the one with the good camera is what it comes down to. And the cameras on the iPhones, I gotta say, have been really good. Oh no like, question, I, no I've question. made sales because the pictures looked good yeah. on the iPhone, right? So uh, we'll see about that. That an upcoming Gizmo Tad, well, we will may actually get excited about phones, indeed, or. Just it'll be fine. And then you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll Octo- early October is going to be the Google Pixel event oh, and the right. Android 14 launch. Mm. Uh, that'll so be we'll lots to talk about for that one. Yep, we will actually be getting excited about phones. That's, That's right. It's finally about about time. <laughs> it's phone season, everybody. The, the Gizmo Town opening will be relevant finally. Okay, <laughs> we are going to take an actual break, and we will be back with pixels and tokens. Video games, board games, video games, tabletop role-playing games, video games. And now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming, but mostly video games. Welcome to Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about the gaming, in this case, the video type of gaming. Mm-hmm. So... I had a bit of a shock. Yes. <clears throat> I don't even I don't even know exactly what prompted me to do this. But Did you already own it? I I already owned it on PS5, but I picked it up on Steam. Okay. Um just cuz I have the Steam Deck. So, we are talking about again 
Cyberpunk 2077. Has the patch come out? No. The big patch hasn't come out. No, so no. The, the, the experience hasn't I changed that's, significantly. That's what that's what prompted me to go, oh, I'm going to give this another look because I know that they, they're going to rework a bunch of So systems. you wanted to try it before they did the revi- I, I guess, revision. I don't even remember what what prompted it. I just I just wanted something new to play. Well, the, yeah, and, I mean the the up the the DLC that's well, not DLC the expansion pack that's expansion coming pack out. It's coming out. Uh, right. That's that's where the 2.0 version is. But yes. the, the 2.0 doesn't. Most of it does not need the expansion pack. A lot of the systems changes will yeah. still hit will for be, you yeah. even if you don't get the uh, the expansion. The only thing that 2.0 uh, like 2.0 is going to be game wide, and then the new area Dogtown is going to be the new area and the the new storylines and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but. Um, I wanted to give it another shot. Now we talked about Cyberpunk 2077 before, and some, I was playing some it on of the my, Steam Deck. Yeah, you're playing on the Steam Deck. Spoiler alert: my, It's Kevin's number one game next week. <laughs> I tell you right now, it's not my number one. However, I did, I it, I did surprise myself. So I talked before about some of my objections to mm-hmm. to the original, uh, my original experience with Cyberpunk 2077. And part of that was about the the way that the game world was presented. Of course, we all know that CD Projekt Red got in some really nasty trouble uh, with some of their depictions of trans people, and um, they had a lot of problems with. I think it was a community manager or something making some jokey posts mm-hmm. that were really quite transphobic and. Uh, so they deservedly had some very serious criticism, and that really soured me to begin with. And then when I got into the game world itself, and it was very, very edgelordy, mm-hmm. sure. I I kind of bounced off of it really hard, and I never I never got so far into it that I could really sort of see how it was going. Now, one of the things that I bounced off of was the fact that. It felt like it really, really just wanted to be a shooter, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a particularly good shooter. It was just kind of a mediocre shooter, and that's not what I wanted in a cyberpunk game, right? I wanted cyberpunk. So I just kind of put it down and walked away. So skip to a couple weeks ago, and I decided to give it another shot. And this time I kind of went, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my own advice. I'm going to play the game that it is, not the game that I want it to be in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to meet it on its own terms. And so I, I came to some interesting conclusions that made me feel a bit better about not just the game world itself, but about how the presentation went. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that part of the problem with the way that the game world is presented in that very edgelordy fashion is not that CD Projekt Red is being edgelordy. We have to remember, and this is, let me preface this by saying this might sound like I'm trying to defend shitty behavior on the parts of some people. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely not what I'm doing. All the shitty things that they did, they really need to be held accountable for. Absolutely. Um, however, what wasn't really part of the conversation at the time was the fact that, there we go, Andrew's opening a coffee. Look, I tried to do it quietly. I know, I know, I know. We, I, we, even, I even muted yeah, your mic. That was we, need cough buttons. We, need, we need cough buttons. Well, I'd have, to, I'd have to mute all of us because it would come through on one of the other mics. All right. Anyway, so um, we have to remember where in the world CD Projekt Red is located. Poland. They're in Poland. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we in the West really kind of lose touch with is just how conservative Eastern Europe is. All those Eastern Bloc places are like a decade behind yeah. on social uh, growth. Absolutely. 
And I mean, it's it's frighteningly conservative, yeah. like to a to a degree, to an old school degree that we don't really like. We've got this weird cartoon version of it now, but it's it's still the old school type of conservative back there. I think and, the further away from Russia you get, the more liberal yeah. things tend to get. But, but and they're Poland, pretty close to Russia. Poland is still pretty bad. Like even even the you know the the quote unquote liberal left in Poland is still pretty right. Yeah. So I think what's happening. I mean, to even have a queer character in a game mm-hmm. for a developer, like we we have to remember that nothing happens in a vacuum. No. So these these folks are like steeped in the middle of this culture so for them to even have a queer character in their game at all it's pretty misogynist there it's it's very the men do the men thing yeah um yeah so so this is kind it's not an olive branch but it's it's kind of tentative motions towards recognition of for yeah this is the thing for them to have swearing in a game or the presentation of anything other than heteronormative sexuality right. in a game. To have sexuality in a game. Yeah, I mean, The Witcher is, also reflected yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was, they, they tried to be progressive so in that. So I think agreement. what's going on is CD Projekt Red thinks they're being progressive. But the problem is that their version of progressive hasn't caught up with everybody else's. It's, I think it, that's what's going on. It, it, it appears like it's tongue in cheek or yeah. punching down um, when it's 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 them doing a very good job for the area. Yeah. But maybe once you get to um, uh, more westerly, yeah, you have to you have to kind of understand it within the context of the environment that they're in. I it think stops them from getting asked to leave the country. Yeah, pretty much. So I, again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just contextualizing. Right? Exactly. I'm just, I'm just, this is this is what I think. And once I kind of got that and put that in my head, um, I started playing the game that it is now. As we've talked about before on other podcasts, one of the things that I realized about my own preferences in games is that despite the fact that I'm an old school role player and and love my tabletop and love my character driven stuff, I mean, I'm all about character is number one for me. I don't really enjoy narratively driven games because... It's not my character's story. Somebody else has written this story. Yeah. I'm playing somebody else's character, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to play my character, which is why in RPGs, I've always gone for action RPGs, because then the story is negligible. Yeah. And that character is is my character, and I just make up in my head the, their the, own The story own is the thing. framework of yeah. you going forward and doing whatever you want to do. Exactly. So, like, we talked about this before, that, yeah. that I feel more ownership over my character in an action RPG that I do in any narrative driven RPG. So that was the first stumbling block. And when I, when I just kind of went, okay, we hit a fortunate situation with cyberpunk in that the character that I wanted V to be was the character that they had written in their game. V V is kind of, at least my V, the the, the choice I've been making, it's very kind of Karen Babbage-y. In, in in my game, like her backstory was, I mean, get you get the three origins, yeah. right? So her, she was you know a street kid yep. who I, V in my game is it's Kalache. It's my it's my rogue uh, assassin who's got anger management issues. Yeah, right. Um, who was like a street kid who got kicked out of the assassins guild because she just can't control her anger. She can't be professional. She always lets it get on top of her. She kind of resorts to violence too quickly. Um, they managed to make the game somewhat poignant too. Like I that was early story beat with the person you start off with. Yeah, caught me off guard. It it 
so I had played up to that point before, and that's when I kind of bailed. Um, but this time I sort of pushed through and I saw it through. And uh, so number one, my first complaint was it's not cyberpunk enough. Yeah, I will. I am happy to report. I'm, this is probably minor spoilers, but I won't. I won't go heavily because this is a case where spoilers really do matter. Yeah. Um, they, it gets more and more cyberpunk as the game goes on. Oh, absolutely. But you like you don't really hit that point until you're about 20 hours in. There's, like, that's the thing. It's there's a, a lot long of, game. There's a lot of runway. But I, my problem is that a, lot of, a lot of games, like people say, oh, this Final Fantasy game is great if you get past the first 20 hours. Mm-hmm. At least this is 20 hours that I'm enjoying playing the game. I'll be honest. The thing that threw me for a loop, and this is the dumbest thing possible, sunlight. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, Night City... It's in California. Like yeah. that's that's what I. That's but the thing my I, brain when I, when they started showing footage of the game in daylight, my brain went, yeah. "That's not cyberpunk." Yeah, it's we're, daylight. We want it to be Blade Runner, right? We want it to be raining and night all the and time. And it's just it's just amazing how how I my my I recoiled yeah. when I saw daylight in this game. It well, was part it was of stupid. Part of what I ended up enjoying about it is the fact that it actually kind of expands the lexicon of that of that geography a bit because it grounds we, it. We go outside the city quite a yes, bit. Yes, you right? do. We you go end out up, to the Badlands. You end up in the wastes a fair yeah. bit. Did you end up finding that cab quest? Oh, with the Delamain? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you're literally psychoanalyzing these AI cabs. Yeah. Um, it was one of the like, – out of everything I had played, it was one of my favorite quest lines. And I would not – I couldn't stop until I'd found that last and cab. And there's like – the neat thing is there's like follow-ups later on yes, in the game. Yes, you like, can tell when that quest ends, there's going to be callbacks. Yeah. Um, and like, there, there's going to be repercussions going forward. So what I what I was totally unprepared for was the fact that I got so involved with the storyline. Yeah. Like I had an emotional reaction to this storyline that was almost as strong, if not as strong as like the other game that has given me this kind of feeling was Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. which is which is in my top five, but it was close. Yeah. Um, and and because, you know, I just like Aloy as a character, so I was able to play that game the way I wanted to play it, and yeah. I felt some kind of kinship with Aloy. Um, uh, and and its, its narrative was brilliant as well, and it gave me a similar kind of emotional reaction, like the kind of a reaction you would have if you were reading a book that you were really into. Yeah. Um, I will say, I'm going to commit a cardinal sin – Okay, I already committed the cardinal sin of not liking Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I'm going to say something bad about Keanu Reeves. No, you know what? Uh, go ahead. No, I, I, I feel, I, I feel know. it. I, I think I know where you're going with this. I, I haven't played the game, but I know he's a lovely person. Yeah. I know he's a generous, kind guy. I would absolutely go out for a drink with Keanu Reeves. It's it's a, it's practically a meme. He's not necessarily a good actor, although that that can he fits vary. into certain roles yes. beautifully. And I will say, the one of the strongest points of this game is the voice acting. The yeah. voice acting is outstandingly yeah. good because they hired voice actors, except for one character. <laughs> Johnny. That's Johnny Silverhand. Every time he opens his mouth, it sounds like a high school play for Arbor Day or something. It's like, it's so out of place. It's so They were so happy to have him. I loved his Johnny Silverhand. He, it, it, to me, he's just so wrapped up into his own shit. He doesn't realize how like teenage he sounds. The, well, yeah, no, absolutely, and that's kind of the thing. It's like I wanted, 
thankfully the game went with me here in that it felt at first like it was going to try and force you into liking Johnny Silverhand. I felt a bit like a Saints Row situation where they wanted to force you into thinking that was Johnny Gat. He's the coolest guy in the world. Like they wanted you to love Johnny Gat and Johnny Gat was not a lovable character ever. I felt like they were, at first I felt like they were trying to push you into liking him. Again, minor spoiler, you never have to end up no, befriending Johnny Silverhand. But I, 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 I'm always looking forward to the next time he pops up. Like every time he showed up, I wanted to just have a button that just said "fuck off, Johnny." And in fact, one of the times the V's reaction was just "fuck off, Johnny." Like it was, it was great. It was like that's oh, great. Okay. No, it's great that you can have a visceral reaction that it doesn't. It plays into the game on us almost. You know the way that he he grates. And the fact that the game accounted for that was I really appreciated the fact that they never. Force you know, like occasionally mm-hmm. you do have to force the player down a path, yeah. but it ne- it always felt kind of natural and organic. It never felt like they were making me do something because the game says you have to do this now. It always felt like it was a thing that I would want to do anyway, um, and that's a very difficult thing to pull off. Mm-hmm. So the narrative of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was the thing I end up enjoying, and then I found my happy place with the combat. Because I got the mantis claws. <laughs> oh, nice! Stabby, stabby. Oh. They were they featured very heavily in the uh, the preview trailer they gen- did in yeah. like twenty oh, very early two thousand ten, two thousand twelve, or something like that. I'd, I'd say to twenty twelve. Yeah, the man or the mantis blades. Sorry, yeah. the mantis blades are my favorite weapon in games ever, ever, I went ever, full ever, hacker, ever. and I just turned people's guns off and then sure. shoot them. Yeah, I did a little bit of the or the make them shoot stuff. themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, as soon as he got, because my character was like a stealthy assassin type, yeah. right? And who has anger management issues. So, so as soon as as soon as stealth breaks, shing out come, yeah. out come the man. Because that was the joke about Deus Ex was that you could stealth, you could stealth, you could stealth. Boss fight, uh, stealth's not going to work now. Yeah. And then you were fucked because you didn't do anything with your with your combat. Whereas I I haven't played Cyberpunk, but I know I'm sure that it you could probably get quite. You don't have to have there's, worry about a, a major boss fight. There's only f- a few, but... And, and, and they usually give you options. Either they've given you the weapon nearby yeah. that will help you d- disable them, or um, whatever you've specced into will help you in some way. Yeah. So I ended up going, like, if I had to use a gun, I would be sniper rifle. Yeah. And then, so, you know, I had real far away or real close up. I had no mid-range. Yeah. So, like, there was, uh, again, minors, minor spoilers. There was, there was one particular mission where you got to infiltrate an enemy base. And uh, there's some big, nasty enemies walking around. Now, they really kind of wanted you to stealth into it. And there was one particular enemy. It's a mech. I'll give that away. That was walking around that like you really obviously the game intended you to not engage yeah. with this. But you I can't managed, beat the mech. I managed to find like a vantage point and I had enough sniper rifle, sniper rifle ammo and had enough like I could I could just sort of deke out of the way and get out of the line of sight quick enough that I managed to take the mech out nice. with, the, with the sniper rifle. And so you're, you're talking to a guy over the comms yeah. and, and the guy is like, who is like an insider into this thing. And he kind of knows what's going on. And they actually had the voice line and they're going, did, did, did you just, did you just take that out? That's <laughs> amazing. Like, I can't believe you did that. That's like, great. And uh, it felt, it felt really good. So anyway, I ended up falling in love with the fucking story of cyberpunk 2077 i am really looking forward to the expansion the expansion pack yeah Um, so i'm curious to see how the 2.0 
changes yeah. the core. Because I myself, I decided to wait now until this 2.0 patch comes out. Right. To, and, and I'm a little worried that they're going to assume that everybody that's playing the game now has already played the main story and they just want to get into the into the the, the so there's an interesting an interesting kind of arc to this in that um this this isn't really spoilers this is already known but so there comes a point in the narrative where you hit a point of no return mm-hmm. and this is again one of the things I really appreciated was the fact that the choices you make and it's, you hear it's a, it's a trope you hear this a lot the choices you make are going to matter in this case they really do matter mm-hmm. um, there are several endings and which ones you get will really depend on the choices that you make mm-hmm. um, I apparently got one of the good endings nice which is, which is, and it felt great again this was the thing like this was the thing that you told me, I am in tune with this game because I got this ending um, but. Uh, you can go back and keep playing, but you literally go back in time. Like you, it, yeah. the ending is the ending yeah. and there ain't no going back after this. So the, the timeline that the expansion pack in, in Dogtown takes place is actually before that. Oh, um, you, yeah, it's, it's it kind of mid game. Like there's literally a point where the game warns you like, okay, if you have anything left to do, go do it yeah. because this is it. This I, is the, I love that. I love it yeah. when you just, just be clear. Just be clear with yeah. me that this is it. So when you finish the game, when you get an ending, um, then it says, do you want to go back? Is it, well, then what happens is it reloads your save at that point. Right. But then you get a couple of special items that, that you wouldn't have gotten if you hadn't yeah. finished yeah. it. Right. But it's neat because then it's like, okay, there's my canonical ending. I know what I know where the story is going to end up. Mm. So now I'm going to go back and just like fill in the days before that happens. And yeah. that's what that's where I'm playing now because I've yeah. tons and tons of side quests. Because so many games, the multiple endings are basically just at the very end. And it's like, do you shoot the guy or not shoot the yeah. guy? And then you do the ending where you shoot the guy and then you do the ending. You go back and you're that save yeah. and just do the same thing and, and just do the other option the, and get two different endings. The endings in Cyber, I've, I've read a summary of most of them and they are all quite different. Yeah. Like, Dramatic. Are they different. tied to your your backstory at all, or just your choices in the game? Your choices in the game mostly, okay. but your choices in the game, you have dialogue options that come up that are based on your backstory. Mm-hmm. The other thing that surprised me, and because this actually ties into our Baldur's Gate discussion, mm-hmm. um, so as you know, I, I, I don't I don't like horny games. Not not interested. Thanks, as I have said before, sex in video games is about as erotic as clumsily rubbing two Barbie dolls together. Mm-hmm. That's that's my feeling about sex in video games. I don't I don't want it, don't need it. No thanks. So I've never pursued like the romance options in any of these style of games. But in this one I ended up doing so because in the narrative it felt so natural and organic and this character was so well written. That I'm like, when the option came up, I'm like, well, of course, this is what my character would do based on everything that they've been through together mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And and it ended up playing into the really nice ending as well. I wonder so, if it's the character I'm thinking of. I could tell you right now, Judy. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The the brain dance yep. editor. Um, mine, Judy's great. Judy's fantastic. Judy's fantastic. But the outcast sniper that you end up oh, dealing with um, for a bunch. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pan Am. Yes. Um, is Is... I, like I, I feel my V gelling more with her. She's, she's a very cool character, but like my V and Pan Am just end up being like sort of buds, you know, yeah. end up being like you know friends in the clan kind yeah. of thing. Um, but no, I, I am shocked. This is so not the kind of thing I'm usually into, and I was so into it that and 
I played about half of it on the Steam Deck. Nice. I was going to ask. It I, was great. It I, was like all the two and a half, three hours I played have been on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm like at least forty, if not sixty, hours in, and that's, I'm still playing. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, I'm so looking I'm, forward. I'm to glad the you went back and gave another shot. I really am too. So just again, this is a, a testament to the whole play the game that it is thing because yeah, yeah. like I did that and I ended up having a really, really great experience with it. So uh, I'm probably at some point going to go back and give Baldur's Gate 3 another chance. Well, apparently the rampant horniness yes. was an unintended bug. There was the bug where just everybody's thirsty. They were like so. Siv Gandhi who goes to uh, nuke uh, at the drop of a hat. They were all born in this incessantly horny yeah. because their slider was all the way up so we'll see oh well that that is a story yet to be written mm-hmm. um but i am willing to give it another shot and and take the game on its own terms i look so. forward to playing it it's on the goddamn pile of course um but that does lead into are we ready to move on i'm Here i'm we in. Go. big no well, not actual drum roll because we're saving the drum roll mm-hmm. for something special mm-hmm. yeah no Starfield is out. Oh, is Starfield out? Starfield is out. I don't know if you, you would notice. You wouldn't know it based on game coverage. <laughs> but uh, I looked at Kotaku today, and it was every played? other. St- I have not played it. You've not played it. No. I, I have. I have. I've, uh, yeah, I played a fair amount of it. So. I've put a c- good couple of evenings. Okay. I've I've gotten past the intro, and I've gone and saved Barrett. Okay. So I'm I'm right about there. Yeah, um, I'm almost twenty hours in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. so you haven't even started the game yet. Well, I really kind of have been. I haven't been doing a lot of main plot stuff. I've been going off and doing some side quest stuff. But um, so let's just get it out of the way. It's a Bethesda ass Bethesda game. Mm-hmm. It really is. It it's is Bethesda as it, fuck. It is, it's Fallout in space. It's just yeah. They, Bethesda make one game. And they've only ever made one game, and this is the game, and mm-hmm. they just made it again. Um, now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing will really depend on your feelings on now, the game. Is it so. Fallout in space or Skyrim in Fallout. space? It's both. It's Fallout. No, it's both. I, I, get, <laughs> I get straight uh, Fallout 3 slash Fallout 4 gunplay. It is, it is more Fallout than, than Skyrim slash Elder Scrolls. But I'll tell you, like, there's a lot of Elder Scrolls-iness in, in this. Uh, I, I, in how the NPCs I, react I tend to, to bounce off the Skyrim Oblivion games. Well, I'm not so. talking about if you like it or not. I'm just talking mechanically. No, I, I, I don't have many hours in it, oh, so I don't I see. see. I, I have a lot of Fallout time in, uh, more than healthy. And I well, get, I can tell you right now, mechanically, they're the same game. Like I it's get identical. so much Fallout Three out of uh, out of this. Yeah. What if they were tempted to put Vats in it? Um, there is Vats in, in oh. ship combat. In you can you can oh. uh, turn on. Um, but so one, one in the combat thing, actually, one of the things is the ground combat is pretty much just first person shooter, and yep. it's, it's it's not bad. It's pretty tight. Um, um, but in space, you have like, your targeting computer, and that's that. That's, that's it's it's. I am really enjoying it. Um, I'm liking constellation and working around with them and setting up ships and going out and exploring and everything. I mean, I had I wasn't a huge No Man's Sky fan. Because it was way too much in between me and doing what I wanted to do in the game, which yeah, was just kind of yeah. fuck around on planets. Well, because planets. it's a survival game, really, right? And this, it's it's exactly like I want to be able to say, this planet, go to it, and then I can go down to it and do what I want to do on it. Yeah. 
Which is kind of the opposite to what, like, that's the thing. Yes, which like, everyone, everyone was really people, expecting there to people be. People wanted No Man's Sky. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of isn't that. It's uh, There's so much fast travel. Like, so much. Everything is fast travel. Yeah. Like, it's, it's unless almost you, jarring. Unless you're encumbered, then there's no yeah. fast travel. Um, but Which is very um, uh, Bethesda. Fallout. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like there is a, there was at least for me at first a bit of a struggle in that since I was so many hours in No Man's Sky mm-hmm. and Elite Dangerous, and like I'm a I'm a flight sim guy, um, or a space sim guy that like I was I, I wanted that sense and the the ship combat's pretty good. Like you can fly your ship, it's, it yeah. feels pretty good. It feels like a ship. Um, you're in the call and you're in the cockpit. You've got your reticle. You've got all your power. It, make, it stuff. makes sense. It's, you've you got know. lasers to take down shields yeah. and then physical missiles or physical shots. It's to a good damage old, hull. It's a good old tie fighter style combat. I didn't expect him to complicate space. Yeah. combat. But the thing that I wanted was to be able to travel from place to place and have a sense of traveling from place to place. And there isn't. It's just fast travel. The thing like, that surprised it. me was that they gave you. Uh, have you ever played uh, faster than light? It was a little indie game where you... I know uh, of it. I haven't played it. um, You have to manage your power levels and the systems. Yeah. And if you don't have enough power, like you have to drop the engines down to bring up life support or something like that. Yep. Um, They've really kind of taken that section of Fast and Light and added it to this. And you you can play with your power levels. Yeah. Like there was one part where I had to sneak up on a satellite while there were enemies nearby and you just drop all your power levels except for engines just a tiny bit and you kind of coast in towards this thing to scan it without getting mm-hmm. uh, noticed. Um, I thought it was really well done and they, they really, there's a reason to play with it. You don't just set it and forget it. Like there's reasons to adjust them. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, that's cool. I, like I said, my only actual, I mean, it's not even a complaint so much is that it was just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Is that I want, I wanted more of a sense of traveling from place to place and there being distance because they've made this gigantic universe. Yeah. And the funny thing is somebody did an experiment where they just pointed their ship in a direction and let it go and then like went to bed <laughs> kind of thing. Right. And yeah, there is that much space. Yeah. Like it isn't just an instant skybox, which is what people were thinking it was. Mm. There is that much rendered space. They have got that capacity. It's just, you don't ever use it. Yeah. So it's like, I suspect that in an early build of the game, there probably was more No Man's Sky-ish actually flying between planets. Yeah, and I mean, then they, they cut that for you time get, reasons. You know, you'd be on your course and pirates would lay out an interceptor yeah. somehow and, and and pull you out of space, your warp. And yeah, there's lots of ways you can, your shit you can handle it. Um, but that's one of the things I'm really liking is the fact that, like, you can you can board ships you can like you know yes. go after a pirate ship and then like using the targeting system you can actually disable take, them take, disable it board it and take their fucking ship and that's mm. like oh yes let me just my, do that my favorite moment was i had just done a a quest on this ice planet and i was walking around scanning stuff and there's my ship here but in the distance there's another ship yeah just sitting there so i walk up to the ship and there's this lady and her giant space lizard out for a walk because the space lizard doesn't like being cooped up inside the ship. <laughs> and she's selling stuff. So I buy all of her caseless uh, ammo for my SMG, like 700 rounds of caseless ammo. They walk up to the ship and I'm like, what can I do with this ship? And I could pick the lock on her 
her. Did you steal her ship? I stole her ship. I abandoned this poor lady and her lizard <laughs> that, on this ice planet, but now I have this dope ship. You, their death is on your hands. Now. I jacked their ship. Yeah. Uh, it looked exactly the same as the ship I have, just it had a way better um, uh, power core. Um, so I'm, I'm moving all my stuff to that one, and I'm going to use the other one. I haven't figured out how to set up the fleet yet, where I can put like other people on another ship. Yeah. Um, I haven't figured that out yet because I've got so many people. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm adopting people. Like, yeah, no, no, come on, come on, come yeah, on, on my yeah. ship. Um, I, I chose the the admiring fan perk. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he sits on the bridge and tells me how great I am all the time. And I'm like, this is awesome. That's a callback to, I think it's oblivion. It, it's also in, um, no, I'm thinking of the one. No, there's, there's a the nod to it. It's similar to the guy in mass effect, just less annoying, but there was also, I think there was a perk like that in fallout too. Right. Like one of the original fallouts. Um, but it's, it's just fun to hear how, uh, how much he loves it's a Bethesda me. Trope yeah. Thing, yeah. I, I watched, uh, I don't know if you've seen Joel Haver, uh, on YouTube, he does uh, he does animation, but it's like really poorly rotoscope. But that's kind of the joke. Oh, he's the one who started doing ads recently. Yeah, well, he did one for Starfield that just went off. Yeah, he and, did. And he, did and he has that character. That but he has that character. Yeah, the, the fawning uh, fanboy who's just totally in love with you. So it, I guess it's he I, did one for Baldur's Gate three, and everyone uh, like somebody posted it on uh, Lemmy, and everyone's like, "Oh, that was funny." And then wait a second did i just watch a nine minute ad for uh <laughs> but it's still in his style yeah he's he's a good dude i like his stuff but um i i would like to play it i now what are you playing it on i'm both xbox i'm both on xbox and pc is your save go across yeah, both yeah as long as you're playing it on the xbox you know like the, on the oh that's cool so yeah. it's so it's game, in the cloud or whatever yeah on the Game Pass. Okay. It, but the, the performance Pass, is better on the PC, though. Oh, much better. I, on, I'm, I'm getting 60 Not on my PC. Well, yeah. yeah. See, I've got, I've got the 6900 XT, so yeah. I should be able to get the full 60 out of that. Uh, we'll see. I fucking we'll better. It's, I mean, it's, it's a 5600X, but... I mean, it's a 1440, so it's a little less... It's pretty... The, the, but it's ultra-wide, too, so it's that's the other thing. Like, it's 30 FPS on the on the Series X. I want to like, see, see... I want to run it just to see how it runs on my system, but yeah. I've I said that before. I don't notice the frame rate... Except for when I take the transit on front uh, New Atlantis, New Atlantis, um, it, it gets really chunky when that thing leaves. Mm. But then that's it. Everything everywhere else, yeah. I don't even notice the frame rate. So yeah. I'm playing. I'm also playing on the Series S in the bedroom, yep. and like, yeah, that's 30 frames, but it's a pretty solid 30 frames. And yeah. I, again, it's not. It's not the kind of game where the frame rate really matters. Right? That yeah, much, it's so. not like it's got to be frame accurate for yeah. FPS shit. It's but just, I mean, uh, so. Everyone's facial animations are interesting. They're, they stare. So, yeah, people call it stare field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, the, the lip sync is creepily on point, and it, I, I don't notice them staring at me because I'm watching them make phononomes, uh, uh, yeah. and I'm like... This is really good. Like yeah. lip sync isn't this good. They've got it. They've got it. Be- I mean, it's 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 Bethesda. It is. They've got all of the problems previous Bethesda games had. They still have. They're just kind of d- d- refined. I, I've said right? that I I would like to wait until there's a major patch mm. to dig in because because a game like this always seems to have something but that, it's as a bethesda game i can tell you right now it will always have something sure like, and that's the, that's the other part side. of but the it, even game. so I, I feel like that the first after a month maybe it'll it'll they'll I mean, have something that'll fix a lot of quality of life issues as I well had as a really performance bug for for a little while it seems to have cleared up but i had a bug where 
So when you land on a planet, you can kind of pick anywhere on the planet as yeah. a landing point. Uh, and I was doing some missions, so you just pick the mission waypoint. And what is supposed to happen is it will land you kind of close to where you should go, and then you have to walk to wherever you should go. But what it was doing was it was putting the ship near the thing, but it was, it was then throwing me like halfway across the horizon. Mm, so I would have weird. to like – like, and I could you can pull up your scanner and you can see where everything is. And you can actually fast travel to your ship. So I would like – I would be standing in the middle of nowhere. You're supposed to be standing outside your ship. I'm like in the middle of nowhere here. I can pull up my scanner and see, oh, my ship is over there and the thing I'm supposed to go to is over there. <laughs> but you can fast travel to your ship. But when I fast traveled to my ship, I was right back to where uh, it was definitely a bug. It happened twice um, and then it cleared up. But. The other thing is that the local fauna can get too close to your landing gear. And then when you take off, it yeets them into the stratosphere. <laughs> okay. The glitch I've seen repeatedly uh, is when the ship takes off. It seemed to in both cases, it looked like there were dead pirates in the ship. Yeah. So then you were in the ship. The ship would take off. And then the sh- the pirates would shake and drop through the floor, and yeah. then you would drop through the floor. The the ship taking off isn't a, a cutscene; it's it's live rendered yeah. in engine. So. Yeah. so it's however it was rendering it, it just it has left to you because, behind. Like you can you can customize your ship, yep. you can yep. do paint job, and you can yep. rearrange. But it, it had it was basically some Star Citizen shit where you were like falling through the floor, and yeah. then like, well, there goes my ship, and I'm now on the ground. Um, anyway, uh, so I, so my 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 negative things. Let me just get this out of the mm-hmm. way. Because I will say up front, I am I am very much enjoying it, and I will absolutely continue to play it. Yeah. Um, but coming off of this is why I wanted to throw Cyberpunk up front was because coming mm. off of a game where the character work was so strong. Yeah. This is kind of jarring in in how kind of clumsy and, and yeah, you're a cipher. It's it's just that like. Just walking through the city and having like these robotic NPCs bark their opening lines at you that are complete non sequiturs yeah. that have nothing to do with like you just walk by a guy and he goes, you know, art's a really hard thing to do when you're selling it. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't what? Who are you? Why are yeah. you ta-? and just like these and they're clearly supposed to be the opening lines that get you talking to them to start their quest. But it, there's, it's not a smooth thing. Yeah. There's no way. And again, this is a very standard Bethesda thing. Like mm-hmm. This happens all the time. You know, I was an adventurer to the Lotokanero in the knee. It's that, right? But like, it's it's such a stark contrast to the character work in in Cyberpunk that it was really, really jarring to me to come into this thing and kind of go, oh, this is so, yeah, I remember when games were like this. I'm and happy to see an exclamation mark over somebody's head. Well, that's the thing. There. There's only a limited number of ways you can get, you can, you can lead a PC yeah. into, oh, this NPC has a quest for you, and this is one of the ways. And it's just kind of an outdated way. Like, that's the thing. Cyberpunk did it so well, but also Cyberpunk was so more narrowly focused. Yeah. Right? That you can do it differently. This really doesn't have much of a choice, mm. but it's just so it feels dated now. It yep. feels like a, a very old way of doing this. And it's a it's more of a thing like, yes, Bethesda has been making this game for 20, 30 years, and some stuff has changed. But some stuff hasn't, and this is one of the things that really yeah. feels old. The it fact that this old. engine itself is is based on the bones of, if not Skyrim, maybe even Oblivion. Yeah, like it's they've they're, they're, not, they're not on Gamebryo anymore. Oh, I thought it was the same. No, they're not. The Gamebryo engine got uh, was thrown out before Skyrim. I think they're on Unreal. Well, they, yeah. they used to Skyrim. 
I don't know. I, I, have to, I'm, I was under the impression it was still using the same. Oblivion, Fallout engine. 3, Fallout 3 New Vegas were all Gamebryo, and okay. Gamebryo was their in-house engine that was all sorts of broken. Right. Um, famously, my brother-in-law and I were playing, well, I was watching him play Fallout 3, and he was shooting cars until they exploded and running down a highway, and then all of a sudden a bus just started shaking and it flew in the air without exploding. <laughs> and we figured it was just scared because we'd been blowing up all the other uh, cars I, I on the highway. Too. A creation engine, yeah, too, creation is the engine. new one. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's built it's, off of... It's pretty good. Like, I was, like it looks gorgeous. Like, yeah. it's, it's, again, the standard Bethesda thing of your environments are unbelievably beautiful. Your characters, kind of weird, uncanny valley. Apparently, they used um, a bunch of official NASA sources for yeah. all of our in-solar system That's planets. one thing we haven't talked about is, like, the just the art direction itself yeah. is really neat. It's Ships like... Ships are good. I really like my ship. People have coined it NASA punk, yeah. I think, and it's yeah. because, like, it feels... They've tried to make it feel like these could be real things. Yeah. Like, this is... This feels like something that NASA would build. And everything has things that make sense strewn about, like notepads and yeah. things, instead of finding, like, a dozen liquor bottles inside a, <laughs> uh, a lab. It's now, like... There'll be a coffee cup and a bunch of notepads and some pens. And, like, it, it's not just somebody went around with the shotgun loaded with uh, assets. And it, it seems <laughs> like they've placed stuff, like, meaningfully in places. Yeah, that's a very Bethesda thing as well. Um, let me tell you, if uh, if you ever do board a ship and take it over, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> one of the problems is then when you go to a civilized system, um, you may have contraband on that ship yes, that you, gotta, you don't know about. Yep. Now, the other thing that I just learned is the ship itself is contraband. You can't get rid of the contraband because the ship is contraband. Mm. That makes sense. You have to go to somewhere and register it that isn't going to scan you for contraband. When I landed on New Atlantis, I talked to the ship guy. and He's like, do you want to register your ship? I'm like, oh, okay. They didn't flag me on when I was landing on it, but Mm. it was weird. Uh, yeah, so most most of the time when you're going into a civilized, quote-unquote civilized yeah. uh, system, there will be some kind of authority there who will scan you for contraband. Go, go to Mars because they've got the guy there you can talk to. There's, and guy, they don't we, scan they, you. there's a couple of places yeah. you can go. You can look that up. But yeah, you, if if you are going to take over ships, yes. which is oh, I'm, worth doing. I'm going to get a fleet. Now, the other thing about that is it's not really worth doing for making money. No. Because when you you can't sell a ship until you register it. Yeah. And to register it costs like 85% of its total value. Yeah. So you're only going to make a couple thousand credits yeah. for selling it anyway. So really only take over ships that you want to keep. Mm-hmm. Right? So so that's that's how that goes. But I just found that out today because I got arrested. Because I, well, <laughs> I thought I got rid of – look, there were there was a package of human organs. Yeah. I got rid of that. I jettisoned that into space. Yeah. And there was like a, a booklet on like sentient AI that was contraband. Wow. So I jettisoned that into space. I'm like, okay, no more contraband on this ship. Flew in. Uh, your ship's contraband. You're going to have to come with us. Uh, turns out the whole freaking ship. still in jail. Uh, well, no, I just paid a fine and I got out. And then, then the ship was mine. But nevertheless, it was like... No. The future is run by Republicans. That makes sense. It's, yeah, that's the whole other... It's oh. it's a fun game. I, it's good. I, it's I found, it's I, genuinely good. I, I wasn't just grinding on it to get experience for a review. I was legit looking forward to playing it yeah. each time I logged in. And then when I accident, when accidentally stole that woman's uh, <laughs> ship, I'm like, wait a second. 
This the is minute, kind of awesome. The minute I knew that I was going to enjoy this was I was watching like Nextlander had uh, early access to mm-hmm. it, and so they were doing a stream, and like the so uh, Vinny Caravello was mm-hmm. like he's on a planet, and like a ship landed. And he was just starting out. He just made a new character. And a ship of like these, you know, uh, snake cultist extremists. Yes, yes, yes. landed. And he was like level two and they were level 14. And so, okay, whatever. Uh, So he just went, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And he just started like trying to kill them. And he would get killed. He would get killed. But he would quick save every time. So he would just save scum his way until he just by fluke managed to kill, kill, kill. Get on the ship. Yeah. Start taking those guys out, save scum, save scum, save scum, until he actually got to the bridge, took the ship. So he has this, like, giant fuck-off ship at level four that he just stole from these snake cultists. And, like, okay, now this is the best game ever made because, like, I just stole the ship. So you do know you can get one of the best um, space suits in the game early on, I've already got the Mantis. The the one from the basement of the uh, lodge? the basement of the lodge yeah there's a downstairs in the lodge and it's got a display case with the mark one spacesuit in it oh okay and there is a gap in the door which is <laughs> locked and if you strafe just a little bit oh. you can take it off the mannequin and okay. i am wearing the mark one spacesuit it is worth yeah, like sure. 15 times the next best spacesuit i've found so far kotaku has had a thing up that i, I went into this there is a side quest that you can find that's early in the game and mm-hmm. you can get one of the best Suits, guns, and ships, yeah. all in one quest, and I did it. And and it's this, it's a really neat quest because you end up basically becoming Space Batman. I'll have to look for that one, <laughs> but the 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 one in the basement of the, they're, they're probably going to end up patching it because it's supposed to be behind a like a hard yeah. like you can't digipick this because it's uh, it's beyond your abilities. Yeah, but you can actually just strafe and then pick it off the uh so i'll tell you right now cuz i don't know if you've done the quest where you go to the shipyard and kill all the pirates on the shipyard yet is Me, this in you, the in the old system it's early it's it's early in the yes, game yes where you were trying to find the guy who's on patrol yes yes so go back to the shipyard okay because and search all of the bodies yeah. because one of the bodies is going to have on it something about a secret base okay you want to follow up on that i searched all the bodies when i was killing everybody so maybe i already have that you may already have it just read it okay I'll, I'll look for that there's something about a secret base there's okay. a note about a secret base you want that because that will lead you on a quest that will end up getting you this legendary stuff i am a horrible overlooder and the woman from um constellation keeps going you are overloaded you should sell some of that crap yes. and i just give it to her and she has to haul the 15 spacesuits that i've taken off of people um, they will they will eventually refuse to take new stuff yes they will it's nice that it, after uh, now that the hype is finally dying down because the game is actually out i mean kotaku uh today just posted an article starfield isn't the future of video games and that's okay <laughs> And it's true. You it's, gotta have thick this pieces. Is, thick it's a pieces very good pieces. game. It's it not is. trying it, to redefine it, everything. It physically about cannot be the future of video games because it's out now. Yeah. It was the future of video games yeah. before it was released. But it's it doesn't set the set the bar for everything that's going to come yeah, next. No, it's, it's just a it, it's a Bethesda game, and it's great that it's it's, it's a perfectly cromulent. Exactly. Um, it's not going to change everything, which is fine. All right. So is that good? Uh, we good? Um, yeah. yeah. Starfield. We'll we'll follow up on this. Oh, hey, I'll be playing more of it. So uh, okay. Lol. Skull and Bones. What's I this? just wanted to mention how I forgot this thing even existed. So, so. I get, I think I mentioned on the podcast when I did the I think it was an alpha technically when they when yes, they did it the public yes, alpha yes. and it was bad. 
bad. Yeah. It's just not a good game. You know, I loved the sailing. Because we talked about how do you Black mess flag. this up? How do you mess up well, the pirate game? You, the game did the, you did the good pirate game already. It's Let's a, do that again. The insanity of this whole thing. It was it was supposed to be a spin-off of Assassin's Creed 4. That's yeah. it was original its original life was simply it's a standalone game. Let's take with the sailing from Black Flag and have a game. And make it a game. And then somehow that turned into a decade-long boondoggle of insanity. They're um, obliged to do this for the, the Singapore government. Yeah, I guess that's it. They've it's, signed a deal, and it says we have to release this this game from this studio that we set up in Singapore. <laughs> Over they, a decade they, ago. They physically cannot get out of this thing. Yeah, so they've tried. I mean, and, and then this week or today, the third creative director has left the project. Now, yes. in this case, they have said it's okay that she left because her job is effectively done. She creatively directed it. She did the direction. We're making the game based on, on all of her input and it's going to be coming out. But, all right. you know, it's it's just absolutely Wasn't insane. Wasn't there a thing recently? They in- did on their, their showcase. They had the acapella pirate band. Oh, right. Just when they were nail storm. There was no actual footage from the game, but they were simply saying, hey, everybody, we're still making this Remember game. Remember this exists? Ubisoft so, higher Alestorm. Now I I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast. I I got it. I'm on their list for for beta testing, and I got an offer to to beta test at the, here at, at the Ubisoft Toronto. Oh, yeah? I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh wait, it's seven consecutive days, nine to five. What? And you get paid seven hundred dollars in gift cards. Gift cards. Yeah, like what kind of gift? Cards? Like Amazon cards, probably. But just straight up. That's. Like, shady as fuck you're, you're basically being paid less than minimum wage or around minimum wage to play the game but, but for, in amazon gift card for a full week yeah and i just no, no way in hell i was gonna do that like no a day i would have absolutely committed that but and i'm pretty sure it was for skull and bones sure yeah. but the idea of can you imagine playing one game eight hours Welcome a day to the world for of a game week testing. well that's it right I've, people, people I've, who think they want to be game testers, i've never committed don't. what what do you think I do them. with Destiny? Eight hours a day <laughs> when I was Every when day? I was raiding. Jesus, like, I, I, I've never, never, when we never were, committed that when much. I was actively raiding, it's like four hours minimum for a raid, Listen. and then there's all the getting together, getting everyone in, into order, getting all your ammo synth and D one. Talk to me in 1999 when I was unemployed playing EverQuest. Man, that was literally we Warcraft. Had, we yeah. had a joke where it's like me and my friend Jeff. I would get on and he'd be like, "Well, so what shift are you on?" When I was and unemployed it, playing that Warcraft, that was what it yeah. was like. I I never hit that. I've never had that single game. Yeah, where I played it that much. So I mean, for I've me, had several. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, I did. They didn't say what the game was. I'm pretty sure it was Skull and Bones because you know, obviously they they need to release whatever the fuck it is and yeah. just get it out there and just say here it is. Please play it or don't. We don't fucking care anymore. We've lost three hundred million dollars on this. Mm. We can't. We have to release it. But uh, but yeah, it is it is a Singapore production. But uh, it's it's just incredible that I mean it's like 
you know, it's like if somebody was forcing Chris Roberts to make Star Citizen. He was trapped <laughs> and he was 10 years in. What do you think? And couldn't leave. This is that's exactly what's going on with Star Citizen. It's like he can't get off the treadmill now. <laughs> Chaos. Anyway, I'll, I'll be shocked. Shout that, out Indies Keep. If that game comes out <laughs> and it's good, I'll be blown away. I, I, I'd like to know. I want to see if there's any of the bones of that alpha that I played yeah. in the final version or if that Probably was Probably not. Out. I don't know. It's hard to say. All right. Anyway, we should probably get into the thing. Are we good? Are we ready to go? This is exciting. Here we go. And now, our top five games of all time continues with Jamie's number one. Any guesses? No. Uh, I'm not a clue. Um, So... (laughs) I was very proud that I was going in chronological order on my list, but All this right. game blows it out of the water. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, okay, you guys have known me online and in person for ages. What is my online nickname? Scumbag. Oh, oh! So it's it's, it's got to be. Uh, is it Maniac Mansion I'm or so, is it? Uh, why didn't I think of this? Scum in Scumboy stands for the script creation utility for Maniac Mansion. So naturally, my number one game is Sam and Max Hit the Road. <laughs> yeah, okay, because okay. it uses the scum engine. It uses the scum engine. It's the reason I picked Scum Boy in like 1995, <laughs> and it had to be explaining it ever since. And, and I've, I've got the 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 only page on my web page says the reason I'm called this is because I used to play a lot of, or I still play a lot of uh, Scum Engine games. And now, Scarlet, you know. Um, my number one game is Sam and Max Hit the Road from 1993. Nice. The so I am equal parts. Uh, my sense of humor is equal parts Monty Python, um, Kids in the Hall, and Sam and Max Hit the Road. It's it was one of those games that it, my dad would walk by randomly while we we're playing it. Someone Sam or Max would say a line like "I'm a coffee achiever, Sam," and my dad would kill himself laughing. <laughs> Which would make us laugh, and it really kind of ingrained a lot of that stuff. So it is Sam and Max, who are a dog detective and a hyperkinetic rabbity thingy that fight crime in a city that looks like New York City, and they drive a DeSoto. They're freelance police. They are freelance police. <laughs> what a and a such a delightful turn of a phrase. Yeah. It's the when when you can't get the things done by normal police, you call the freelance police. And in Sam and Max Hit the Road, um, a very valuable frozen Bigfoot had been stolen, stolen from the Cushman's Circus and Sideshow, and you've got to go and find the Bigfoot. Um, you start off only with a couple. There's a big map of America, which is basically a, a rest stop map. It's the Snuckies is the uh, the 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 roadside rest stop in this game, and it was a Snuckies map of America, and it's all the roadside attractions, and you slowly unlock different things. Like you'll have to go to Gatorland in Florida, where they've got the the biggest crocodile preservation and uh, mini golf, and the guy who runs it has two heavily bandaged hands from trying to fish <laughs> balls out of the water traps. Um, you'll go to the world's biggest ball of yarn, uh, Frog Rock, which doesn't look like a frog. Um, there's, um, the Tiki room out on the West coast. Like there's all these, these, uh, the, the, there's also a rotating restaurant on top of the world's biggest ball of yarn. Um, so you, you go to all these kitschy roadside places trying to find the big feats. Um, and it's this whole 
great point and click adventure game and it's it's irreverent it's funny it's replayable um it, it's one of those games that really it, it it tickled me it had really sharp writing um it's i think that's one of the things about it is the fact that there was such a focus on the character and the writing like it, it it's difficult to be funny in a video game very hard and so i mean like monkey island monkey island 2 uh, both extremely funny, very like they're some of my favorite games. Day of the Tentacle and Maniac Mansion, both in the same um, same world as well. But it's just Sam and Max. It was something about Steve Purcell's characters. Steve Purcell is one of the background artists for LucasArts for ages, and he also did a lot of their box art. Like the iconic Monkey Island uh, One Piece box art is a Steve Purcell painting. Um, but he started doing Sam and Max when he was a teenager uh, to make little comics make his brother laugh. And it was uh, Sam the, the dog and Max the rabbit. And they would they would go on weird adventures. Um, it's it's super easy to get. Like it's a dollar frequently on GOG, a good old games. It's on Steam all the time. It's playable in Scum VM, um, which is what most things used to play it now. It's really one of the formative games for me. That like I spent a lot of time. I played. Um, did you ever play? Um, the Tex Murphy series of games, yes. the full motion video, like the under a killing moon was five CDs. Yeah. Um, like those were fun. I played a lot of those, but Sam, I would always go back to Sam and Max. Like that was, that was where oh, it was funny as hell. everything. Well, that day of the tentacle, like yeah. I, I got, um, the LucasArts box set. In. Oh, that old big, the big one with the window. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah, had yeah. It held the CDs in it. Just so played like, out on the, like on the Rebel thing, Assault yeah. 2 and Rebel Assault yeah. 2, uh, has a special place in my heart because there's a mystery science theater 2000 mode where it shows you all the cutscenes, <laughs> and they've got Darth Vader pointing, uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 is the bots and it subtitles it with all the riffs so there was like a point where a Mon Cal was, uh, was rallying people and he would go like this and uh, one of the, the techs says go out there and win one for the Gipper and like so things like that were like I, it was I think I saw that before I really had known what Mystery Science Theater 3000 was right. but they had put this in the game where they just cut it down they just cut scenes and show you the uh, Mystery Science Theater cutouts at the bottom uh, but all this stuff was in this pack. But the, there was Day of the Tentacle, and there was Sam and Max, and we played so much Sam and Max. There was the iconic visual of of Sam's got to get. There's something in the cat, and he reaches into the cat the, and like moves his hand around, and the hands at the end of the tail as he's that, that's as he's Max doing it. Yeah, Max, yeah. Sorry. Um, so your your orders are being sent by bonded courier, and the bonded courier is a talking cat who swallowed your orders for safekeeping, but can't hawk them back up. And, uh, and at one point, Max just says, like, because you're, you're, you're trying clicking on different things, trying to figure out how to get the things out. And at one point, Max says, I'd love to turn this guy inside out. And then you can click on Max and then use the Max cursor to click on the cat. And Max will pick up the cat and just jam his arm <laughs> inside to the shoulder, rustle around, and then pull out the – toss the cat away and pull out the uh, orders. It's just beautifully it's, executed. It, it, it's, it's, it's so – just kind of unhinged. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Looney Tunes. It's very much. Right down, very much right so. down the uh, the corner, like in the same part of the map, there's Bosco's gun, liquor, baby needs. And <laughs> yeah. you go inside <laughs> and someone's holding up Mr. Bosco and you don't see it, but you hear it. 
And it's like, I don't think Mr. Bosco's voluntarily giving you his money. And the, the, the kid says, uh, you know, I'll, the, what are you going to do? He's just he's so scary. And then there's the sounds of violence. And Sam and Max walk outside and Max, Sam goes, I didn't know the human lip could stretch over the head like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just the implied violence that was happening in there uh, and, and Max's first and only option is to literally pummel everything mm-hmm. the opening scene is a mad scientist who has a woman trapped in this dank cave with a giant atomic uh, gun pointed at her and uh, it was because it was a bad lunch date so like, you never gave me a chance and for that you'll fry like pork sausage and then Sam and Max bust through the wall in their DeSoto and say, this is looking like the Lincoln Tunnel, Sam. And uh, they'd say, oh, no, it looks like a, a potentially volatile hostage situation. He's very Friday, very much based on uh, Joe Friday. Yeah, right. and and then Max says, can I pummel and uh, can I beat pummel and subdue the perpetrator, Sam, and sick him up, little buddy? And there's just this shadow of him literally repeatedly punching the thing in the head and there's like ooze coming off his hands as it loops around and then sam is just kind of touching the rope that's got the woman tied up but not actually undoing it oh it's it it, they everything is framed so well it's it's visual it's it's audio commentary it's really snappy the dialogue is so well done the the puzzles well, they're not like so. Lucas Arts was great. So Sierra, you could fuck yourself. Yeah, you could yeah. play a Sierra game and then not pick something up and not be able to get it. And then six and, hours later, and now you are fucked out of the ending. You literally have to go back. Hopefully, you've got a save from six hours ago so you can go and replay the entire game. Otherwise, you're restarting it. Um, they did a little bit of that in Maniac Mansion. And Ron Gilbert, the designer, said this is not fun. Yeah, like locking someone out of the rest of the game sucks so it extends the gameplay but in a negative fashion he's yeah. he, he put it in the documents like like when they were talking about future games you can you have to be able to get the thing you need you can't get yourself into a soft lock where you can't progress so sam and max has some like little esoteric solutions but you're never in a place where you can't retry it or you can't go back and get the thing and it wasn't you need to do it a pixel hunt necessarily either where you had to find that one pixel where occasionally you ended up kind of swirling the the cursor around to see when it would change to like a grab thing and then you're like okay so i've got to do something in this area yeah but it wasn't it wasn't like there's King's Quest was brutal. It'd be like yeah. a pixel that would turn on and off. And if you were standing in the wrong spot, you'd you'd cover it up. And then you're like, well, I don't know where this ring is in this sandy desert mm. uh, because you were standing in the wrong place. But they, they, they do a good job of letting you play the game and, and figure it out. It wasn't like you needed a hint book. That was the other thing that Sierra would do was have hint books that you could buy they made and then it reveal. They made it impossible to sell you the hint book, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Sam and Max was much more straightforward. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a it's, lovely game. It's great. You can play it on anything. Should like, I, should uh, I mention that I met Steve Purcell? Did you meet Steve Purcell? San Diego. Really? The first time I went to San Diego. No, it was a fucking accident. I, I was in Artist Alley, and I was I was actually there to do something else. And I think he had, he was just finishing up a signing. And I went, holy shit, that's Steve Purcell. <laughs> and so I bought his book, and I got him to sign it and told him what a, I was a big fan. Because he also did the comics in the in the LucasArts yes. magazine yeah, yeah, or just in their games? It was The Adventurer. It came, yeah. With every LucasArts game, you'd get a copy of The Adventurer, which would have a Sam and Max cartoon in it. Yeah. Mm. There was also a Fox Kids television show in the 90s. The show is great. I have it downloaded. Yeah. 
Uh, and they also, um, uh, Telltale ended up uh, getting the rights and Steve Purcell yeah. came over when LucasArts dissolved and they did a bunch of Sam and Max games in the Telltale engine. And that was in the, being Telltale, it was episodic, which made it a little more difficult to yeah, sure. really get yeah, into, yeah. but... But still, it was still fun to have them oh, back at it again. But they hit the great road. characters, and but and it was and the thing is, well, I, I was right reading, for a puppet adaptation. Oh, 100%. oh my god, that would be honestly nuts. the uh, it's based on the comic. He wrote yes. he wrote a yeah. comic on the road, and then they just developed the game around that. So they already had a strong a strong framework for the comedy and sure. for the material. So they, they and visual style, it and, and it was you know. It was next level rudimentary graphics. Like they were, the graphics were improving. You yeah. know, it like Maniac Mansion and even Day of the Tentacle was was fairly basic because there was a lot of it was the interface too. Whereas this game was all the all screen, and so you, you they were really able to have those cute little animations at the low resolution. But it your, looked, it your great. inventory is a cardboard box that uh, Sam keeps on his person that has all his stuff in it. <laughs> mm. Um, it, it's it's great. At one point, you ride the cone of tragedy, and all the stuff you had in your box is is gone, and you got to go figure out how to get all your stuff back. Oh, it's the cone of tragedy is it's, great. It's fairly meta as well, if, if because of stuff like that. Yeah, sure. so it's it's playing up on on things. It's building up on on the past of of the previous Lucasfilm titles, and and still going on its own and having because it's these two great characters maniac mansion totally did that insane. too where where one you one of the, the solutions is to push an old lady on a swivel chair out of the room and down the stairs and bernard looks at the uh the the, the finger quotes camera and says i don't know why i do these things sometimes it's like there's a horrible person that's in charge of my actions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, like they're, they're, they weren't afraid to kind of shatter the fourth wall yeah um with with commentary i'm, I'm okay with that i think it's Considering the Oracle, I'm okay with that. Kind it's of, you know. so good. I like, and it hits you at the right age. Coffee. That's the thing. Yes. It, it, you were young, but you were you were, my, you were maturing. You were coming into your. My cousin is the reason taste. I got into it. He, I don't think he had the talkie version. I think he had the disc version. That was the other thing. Is there was a text based version as well as the CD ROM version, and the CD ROM version is obviously CD ROM version six hundred percent better. Yeah. Be just because right. of the acting, the performances but are are phenomenal. So good, yeah. And it was, and that's the other thing. It was just at that bleeding edge where games right, were coming out. Yeah. Still, the text was still strong, but the performance added another level. Because this was the, the birth of CD-ROM. Yeah. Well, it was one of the, have, the, the it was a lot it. of these games were like three floppy diskettes, so it didn't didn't you we couldn't justify a CD-ROM mm-hmm. yeah. just for three floppy diskettes worth of game. Yeah. But if you threw CD audio yeah. and you threw yeah. uh, full and it was just enough voice dialogue, dialogue. Yeah, it was just enough to be worth the money to to get sure. actors to do it, as opposed to having of voice of Baldur's Gate 3 you know it is it, it, it as much as anything it is one of the reasons why I have such a warped sense of humor yeah. just just the the world and and how they present it and it's just so good that's great Right. And it's it's a shame because Kevin's going well. Fuck, that's my number one, and that yeah, just no, ruined I've never everything. played it. I've I've known you, of it. And I've seen but like whole chunks of it. But you I'm, should install yeah. ScumVM on so you can put it on your phone. Sure, yeah, ScumVM yeah. on your phone. But I I will play. I will load it up and play that game like once or twice a year. It's it still stands up. Mm. All right, Excellent. cool. That's it. Very very good. So we got it. There's Jamie's number one. So that leaves me. And just, that's it, and then we're done. Minesweeper. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's a bold <laughs> free sell. Microsoft free sell. Free sell. You know, you can, not you can, solitaire, free sell. You can Ski free. You can, it's, it's, Ski free. It's Excel. It's Microsoft <laughs> Excel. Uh, so Kevin's the only person not to get killed by the Yeti in Ski that's Free. That's it. He knows <laughs> the trick. 
All right, that will do it for us this week. So in two weeks, live stream. Very exciting. Mm, I got to plan. Anything can happen. I got to plan my outfit. Technical issues. I hope not. <laughs> I'm going to try and work out the technical, technical issues before we get there. So thank you, as always, to everybody. Stay tuned to all the socials. Uh, buy us a coffee. Join, join the, the Discord. Discord. Shout out Scarlet. Hey, Scarlet. Uh, and thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links, tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>